The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. your birthday happy birthday oh, to you well thank you mag so i appreciate that that was very unexpected well you deserve it sir it and was how's your day been it's been okay mate it's been all right you know it's what it is isn't it uh hey yo everyone CWF, <laughs> how you all doing uh, <laughs> Max, i can see the top of your head it's really strange i know i've not put a cap on today i thought i'd go cap I'm not saying the top of your head is strange. It is, oh, it's very strange. I'm saying and the things that strange. come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. where's the hat there? What's going on? They're piled up behind there, but I felt oh. like going hatless today. Ah, uh, top, top, top knotting as well. Oh, look at this. I can see. Yeah, look. Why? Ah, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we are back once again. It's going to be an interesting show because uh, I can't remember what we're doing. So- <laughs> what a star. <laughs> Have you even watched any wrestling matches for this show? I rewatched the, I re-watched the match about 20 minutes ago. I, I re-watched it because, for, for context, folks, Sa told me about 20 minutes, half an hour before we were going live, he said, yeah, I'm not rocking up tonight, mate. I'm busy popping out a grandkid. <laughs> it were my fault. Well, I mean, you have to shoulder some of the blame. You were you were involved down the line, but uh, well, what's, yeah, it like, uh, what's it like being a a brand new grandpappy? Yeah, great, mate. Yeah, great. Yeah, Leia was born uh, last Monday. She is bloody lovely, as people have seen on the pictures and so on. Yeah, yeah, great stuff, mate. Yeah, it's nice. It's good. Welcome to the club. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, it's um, interesting. And I'll tell you what is very strange as well. Throughout the whole pregnancy, everyone kept asking me, what are you going to be referred to as? Are you going to be granddad? Are you going to be this? Are you going to be that? And I never, I, I thought I don't want to be called grampy or granddad or any, or any old man term like that. Uh, I, I, I jokingly said to the wife and that, that I'd just be called Cy. 
the, the kid can call me Sai. That'll do me. But when it was born, when she was born, not it, apologies. When she was born, it, it, it was strange because instantly I was okay with being referred to as Grampy. That was that, And that's what I'm going to be referred to as now. So it's very strange how that's kind of changed when it happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's only one letter away from your usual mood. Well, this is very true. This is very true. As Dan Griffin, lovely <laughs> in the chat there as well, which is awesome. Yes, but we'll get to the chat That's momentarily, no doubt. Uh, and I've just clicked the wrong button on my laptop. So bear me just a second, because things are going to pop up on my screen now, and I can't see what's going on. There it is, look, and I'll get rid of that. So hopefully I'm still connected to the chat. Yes, I hope I'm still here. Fine. Only just. <laughs> I'm all comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place right now. That's what happens on your birthday. But anyway. Well, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yes, indeed. We have a non-wrestling topic that I forgot what it was until like 10 minutes ago when I checked my phone to make sure I had the responses. We have <laughs> we have Hall of Lame, Hall of Fame coming up. And I've actually got a very good Hall of Lame this week that I put off from previous weeks when mm-hmm. I wanted to change something else around, if you remember. And I've even made notes this week for my Hall of, Hall of Lame magazine. So... That despite the fact I appear all over the place right now, in some ways I'm more prepared than normal because I've made notes. <laughs> and like and that's the, that's why you're all flustered because yes. you're so prepared, <laughs> you, you're, you're panicking about being over prepared. There we go. There we go. Uh, we have Hogan is a Billy Bullshitter, of course, to close out the show. Um, a, a pretty decent, in my opinion, wrestling match to talk about. Mm, well, stop, stop, uh. Stop jumping the gun a little bit. Okay. We will get to that. We will get to that. But first of all, of course, we need to start the show. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from, this is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World Media production. I am Sai, and with me, as always, is the TNA Turning Point to my SJP's creaky joints, the James Storm to my often ill-informed, a podcaster who also had a birthday this week because all the best people are born in February. Happy birthday, yes. Mr. Mags, the podfather himself. Lord Mags, how are we doing? Do we have any chicken news? How is the family? I'm waking up a little bit now. <laughs> Attack them one by one. I'm doing okay. Um, kind of contemplating my very old age, uh, you, which you tend to do in the week of your birthday. Um Family are great. It was also Mrs. Mag's birthday in February as well, so you are out all the uh. birthdays in February. Uh, nothing major with the chickens, so no uh, news to report on that on that behalf. But yeah, it's been a a solid couple of weeks since I last seen your your cheeky little face. Lovely stuff. Our Livy as well. Her birthday was a couple of days ago. She is seventeen now, Mags. Wow. My middle daughter is seventeen. That's scary getting enough. Getting uh, old. Yeah, it's uh, one of my one of my granddaughter's birthday. Um, I think that's the twentieth. So yeah, February is a very busy month in this house. Yeah, my nan as well was born on uh, the seventh of February. That so this oh. year I think she is ninety or ninety two. I think ninety two years young. Cracking yeah, up. I, I well think. done. 
Yeah, so a lot of and this all in the same week or, or 10 days space, so a lot going on there. Yeah. A lot going on there. Speaking of a lot going on, shall we dive into the chat? Uh, very quickly, I see a comment from my good lady. No, Sharon, I did not bring up my Tumblr, because if you remember, I came downstairs to get my headphones and my cable for my laptop about five minutes before we went live and completely forgot to forget it. So if you want to make me a cup of tea and bring it up, that'd be fantastic. But shall we dive into the chat, Mags? Yes, we shall. Uh, Dan Griffin, first in the chat, says, well, if it isn't the granddaddies of them all, happy chair wrestling day, folks. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Sai now realises just how daunting being a grand, granddad is. It's, uh, it'll hit you hard soon. Learn to be a walking bank machine. Because it will happen. Well, yeah, I know that feeling already. <laughs> I think oh. <laughs> uh, Sharon in the chat as well saying it's Monday night. You know what that means. Um, Dan says happy birthday, wank chops. Now who's that? Lovely. Is that aimed at? Is that? I think that's both of us in it. We're both yeah. out, fairly wanky chopped. Um, <laughs> uh, Dan then says, "Never mind, Sarah's birthday. We've got hatless mags. You know, I recorded." I recorded this week uh, an episode of Draftomania, which you'll soon be able to hear very soon on this network. I was hatless then as well, and uh, nobody made a massive deal of it there. So that yeah, but I noticed. I noticed the little things, Max. I noticed the important things that other people maybe skirt around, like like Spiral picking Barry Windham first. Oh yes, I saw it. I I got very excited (laughs) and then let down. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Connor in the chat, hello sir. He says, "Hello, CDBF. Just got home from the first day on the new uh, new job. Turned on the show and the football, and also wanted to uh, want. I also sent saw a message to a message to sent Sai a message, but wanted to congratulate him and the lovely Sharon on their first grandkid. And well, thank I'm, you very much. I'm absolutely made up for you. I genuinely, I, you you won't. There's no feeling better than the love that you have for your grandkids." It's amazing. Absolutely is amazing. It makes you hate your own actual kids. (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. Uh, Connor also says, seeing Mags without a hat has scared me, uh, scarred me for laugh. Thanks a lot for that. Jesus Christ. Would you like me to put a hat on? No, No, I think it is good. Thank you. Um, Sharon says it was my fault. I insisted on him going to the. <laughs> I can just believe Sagwin. Nah, can't be arse going. <laughs> they'll they'll <laughs> send me a picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Griffin then says, Grumpy Grampy Sar. Yeah, exactly. It's going to make him even more grumpier, I reckon. Um, Sharon says, Also, happy belated birthday to me. Thank you very much, Sharon. I massively appreciate that. Uh, Dan Griffith says, less than a week of being a granddad, and he's already claiming senility. Shocking. Well, I think that senility was bubbling at the surface before oh, yeah. before the granddad. <laughs> Sharon, did you take up your tumbler? No, he clearly did not, Sharon, because he's an idiot. Uh, Connor says, all oh, the best people born in February. He was born in July. What the F is this? Well, I the mean, truth. facts is facts. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, you're as far away from February as you can get before you start coming back. So you may be one of the worst of the worst of well, the people. There you go. On a process of elimination, if you go month by month, I see your logic there, Max. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh King Pigs Banners, uh, hello, sir. How are you? He says, Evening lads, can't stop long. Just popping in to show my face. Hey, soon CWF. And we appreciate that. Thank you very much. Benny Mac. Simple as simple as this. Grandpa Sir. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. He will be graying very, very quickly. 
I mean, there's, oh, a little tough, tough, mate. there's a little tough to it there. Fucking little tough. There's loads of it in there. Look at all well, that. By, by next week, it will be literally like this. Yeah, like the, toughs, the toughs will just be dark, and then it's just <laughs> pure grey. You can't have a fully grey beard and a belly my size, mate. People expect you to give them fucking presents all year round. <laughs> <laughs> well, being a grandpa, people expect you to give me presents anyway. King um, <laughs> Pink Man also says congratulations Thank to you, being sir. a grandpa. And Benny Mac uh, says, don't forget his Werther's original, Sharon. Yet he needs uh, a cap, he needs some slippers, a, a, a bag of Werther's, and just put him to bed at like six o'clock in the afternoon. I don't, I, to be honest, having the grandkids are relevant. I like it. I like Werther's originals. I always have them. <laughs> you know? But they, they bought out those chewy ones. Did you see these? They are a revelation. Are they really? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, really I'm, I'm very much of the mindset that if it's not broke, don't. You know, and you can it. get ones with a with a creamy center. Ah, oh, see, so stop fucking about with shit, man. Just leave it be. <laughs> and last one for now. <laughs> last one for now. Size transforming into Tim Allen from the Santa Claus. <laughs> see, a King Pig uh, Banner agrees. The two ones are good. Yeah, they are good. Put them in the freezer first, or so they go rock salad. They are delicious. Wait, hang on. Wait, what? Hang on. So the chewy ones, which are soft and chewy, right? Yep. You put them in the freezer to make them hard. Yeah, so they... When? So no, they hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. But they already make a fucking hard one. That's the original. Right, but the hard one doesn't go chewy as as it warms up in your mouth. The chewy one does. So you right. get the the pleasure of a, of a hard worm's original, and you get to finish it by <laughs> chewing it. Honestly, there's logic odd, to my the logic to my madness. You, you? <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have. <laughs> oh dear me. Uh Benny also in the chat there is saying, uh, it's all right, Sai, you're a granddad now. You can stop dyeing your hair. I have never, well, I say never dyed my hair. Back in my teens, early twenties, well, I did dye my hair, but that was reds and purples and greens. I have never dyed my hair to hide the grey, as you can quite easily see if the light hits it properly. It is as silver as you can imagine on the sides. It is ridiculous. So, yeah, that's never been done. My beard once or twice, maybe, but my hair, oh, no. Especially my long ears. No, that's high maintenance, mate. We're getting some abuse in the chat, you know, for, for our Werb's Originals um, opinions. So, Dan says, Nassador's sad fear of change also extends to classic sweets. Connor says, chewy soft caramels are better than hard caramels. He will die on that hill. Well, Enjoy a, a very uh, quick death then. Um, King Pig Banner says uh, they're not bubbly. Thank the Lord, because then they would go directly in the bin. Uh, Dan says, sometimes you just want to suck on a hard one. I didn't read this full out until now. And feel it go soft in your mouth. I mean, I'm sure yeah. uh, um, our other halves can, can attest to that. Um, Mags likes it hard and cold. Like Sharon, a necrophiliac. <laughs> is that not stiff and cold and Benny says touched a nerve then mm. I mean nothing wrong with something being hard cold or warm to be well, quite fair well there and we we'll go. leave shall it we? at that yeah let's leave it at that let's leave it. shall we dive on in then Magsy I suppose we want to talk about Hall of Lame Hall of Fame first don't we we do the Oh! 
What have you got for us, Max? So my Hall of Lane this this week is actually quite serious and pretty depressing, really. Oh, um, fuck, man. So it being <laughs> our, both our birthday weeks, it's a, I've, I've always thought over the last few years, a birthday is a time for reflection and just realising you're one foot closer to, to the grave. Um which, which is a, a very sombre, uh, sobering thought. Um, so I'm going um, to charm off a list, and I want you to, to work out what links all these names. Okay. So we have Marie Lagrasso, who was the valet for Reno and Big Vito in WCW. We've got Brody Lee, Daphne, Ryan Sakoda, who was part of a, a, a WWE stable, Kyoda, I think he was with Tajira, uh, Bowles Mahoney, Brian Christopher, Axel Rotten, Sean O'Hare, Viscera, uh, Matthew Anoa'i, which is was Rosa, uh, Rick Bogner, Chris Canyon, Chana, um, Hector Garza, Hayabusa, Giant Gonzalez, Mark Awesome, uh, The Benoits, um, Brian Adams, a.k.a. Crush, John Tenter, also known as Earthquake, Ray Trailer, uh, the big boss man, Ludwig Borger, uh, Mitsuharu Misawa, Luna Vachon, Bam Bam Bigelow, Bertha Faye, um, Steve Doll, who was uh, known as Steve Dunn, part of the tag team Well Done. Well Done, yeah, yeah. Uh, Miss Elizabeth, Dr. Def Steve Williams, Randy Anderson, the WCW referee, uh, Rick Rude, El Texano, uh, te- yeah, Texano, uh, Dean Peters, who was a uh, battle cat, uh, Mr. Perfect, Sensational Sherry, Road Warrior Hawk, uh, The Gentleman Chris Adams, Rocco Rock, Terry Gorda, Dennis uh, Coluzzo, Dino Bravo, Dick Murdoch, Bruiser Brode, Andre the Giant, Archie P. Maivia, and Gorgeous George. What links all those names? I'm going to say that. Well, obviously they're all dead. Um, but is that I'm assuming there's an, ad- a, a, an additional link to that? Mm-hmm. My first thought was, were they all dead before fifty? But I'm fairly certain Andre passed fifty, didn't he? Um, they all they all died in our age bracket between the ages of forty and fifty years old. Right. Which okay. It's whether through illnesses, uh, not linked to wrestling, uh, injuries because of wrestling, um, in some cases, um, um, mental health and, and unalarving, and in more than I care to count uh, murders uh, and just horrific incidences. But, yeah, these are all notable wrestling uh, figures and personalities that, that unfortunately parted this, this world before the age of 50, which it's just, it's sad that we have lost so many stars way before the time Uh in a business that is made to entertain us. So yeah, um, my very dark and sobering um, hall of lame is uh, the amount of wrestlers that we have lost between the ages of 40 and 50. I wasn't aware that Andre was that young. I thought Andre, I don't know why, I thought Andre the Giant for some reason was in his 50s. Mm-hmm. He was that young, was he? Because he looked, obviously looked much older, didn't he? He looked much older. He looked... I, I think the the the, uh, the illness that he had with his uh, 
with his gigantism. Mm-hmm. It ages people because look look at the likes of uh, uh earthquake. He he was like mid twenties when he was in WWF and he looked like a yeah. 40, 50 year old man. But yeah, that's my very depressing Hall of Lame for this week. Oh, yeah, that is. I mean, you say about different causes of death as well. It's all, it's insane, isn't it? How so much in the majority of cases we'll say tragedy. I mean, there are the odd occasion where you look at it and think, I'll, I'll put Ludwig Borger forward as an example of someone who I don't say is a tragedy. He died young because that guy was and no, shit. Same with, same uh, with Chris Benoit. No. Uh, it's not a tragedy that, that he died. What happened was a massive tragedy. Yes. Um, but it's just crazy how there's different connections. Uh, obviously, the, the big connection is, of course, the world of wrestling. Mm-hmm. But the the way a lot of these people passed away, oh, there's a great deal of them through drugs and wrestling-related issues. But then you get the crazy ones like Dina Bravo being assassinated uh, and murdered uh, and stuff, and, and all these different things that come into it as well. It's just... It, it's crazy when you think about it. And they've it's all... A murky, murky world of, of yeah. his wrestling. Yeah, Very it is crazy. And that is a massive long list, isn't it? Fair play. Bloody hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Hall of Lame entrant is not as Latin depressing as... I, I'm not going to like the tone that much because we're going to WCW in 2000. Mate. Oh. <laughs> it's not a, It's not. It's not going to be lightening the tone too much, I'll tell you that now. But, and it's also something that wasn't around anywhere near 40 to 50 years as those people that you listed off were. It's more like it was around 40 to 50 days, to be honest. Uh, everyone is fully aware of how influential and historic and iconic and how game-changing the New World Order were. However, in 2000, WCW thought, well, it worked once. It kind of worked twice. <laughs> Shall we give it another go? <laughs> so they tried to reboot the NWO and uh, entitling it very well, Pert as well. Clever little bit of marketing here, Maxie. It's December of 1999, so we're going to call it NWO 2000. Oh, look at that. There's everything back then. Yeah, marketing. There's everything back then. You know, some people in the chat may be too young to remember, but everything back then was all about being 2000, because that was new and brash and and so on. So yeah, NWO 2000. And this, this stable consisted of, initially what I think isn't too bad a group if you're going to try and put a different swerve on things and, and hopefully give it legs, give it time to pan out and see what happens. You had WCW world champion Bret Hart in the NWO. Now that, that's a good idea. I like that. You had Jeff Jarrett. Maybe not. Maybe not. But he was hated. He had a lot of heat. So you can understand, I can understand it from that aspect. You had Scott Steiner, one of the most outspoken people in pro wrestling at this point in time, soon to be going into the main event picture and winning more titles himself. So I can I can appreciate and understand why he would be included. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are included as well. Obviously, they were the originals and so on. You did have the Harris brothers, but we'll ignore those racist pieces of shit, shall we? And um, on paper, okay, I can understand why this is. This could have been seen as a good idea. And just a little extra twist as well. Let's make the NWO t-shirts silver and black rather than white and black just to change it up a little bit and try and get a second oh yeah definitely try and get the extra you know people buying extra merch now rather than just wearing their old 96 t-shirts out again money that clever market employee i think clever market employee however this was doomed from the off 
Uh, Brett was gone by mid-January. He'd been, whether you look at it, depending on who you believe, he'd been kicked in the head by Goldberg or had his head drove into the, the ring steps or the ring post on the outside by Goldberg. Either way, Brett was fucked. And that was only a couple of weeks into the whole thing. Um, Nash then broke his ankle the following month. So, because we all know that Kevin Nash, you know, at this point, every joint in his body was made of Weetabix and wet Weetabix at that. <laughs> uh, Scott Hall was also gone in February. Uh, worked his last match for the company at Super Brawl, which was February the 20th. So I suppose approaching the end of the month rather than the middle of the month, of course. But he had his issues, shall we say, and uh, was gone from the company there. Jarrett feuded with Hall for a bit before that happened. So even though we're only a few weeks into it, and yes, Dan Griffin is correct in the chat saying it was marred by injuries and, and that crippled the whole, the, pardon the plan, crippled the whole stable. Even before the injuries really kicked in, you had Hall and Jarrett feuding, but they were both members of the same stable. Mm-hmm. How undermining to the prospect of, a, of an invading uh, or or, st- or or a group of wrestlers not necessarily invading but wanting to take over mm-hmm. is that when they're in fighting already straight away yeah yes very very strange uh, and this again like I said by the end of February was done because everyone was crocked everyone was injured I think the Harris brothers were still hanging around but no one really has ever given a shit about them um, and then Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo turned up in April and pressed the big reset button anyway, and the NWO 2000 just disappeared as quickly as it arrived. So my uh, entrance into the Hall of Lame this week on Chain Wrestling Live is NWO 2000. Good idea, but sadly fell apart very, very quickly. It, it just shows how bad um, the NWO 2000 was when it makes the WWE reboot seem like a good idea yes yes I mean, this is true it's not WWE uh, their return of, for the NWO was, is, will go down in history as not being the worst version of the NWO oh. and that's a sad state of affairs in WWF though they had been gone for two years yeah yeah, well, yeah no way out 2002 so you're looking at it was yeah two years 23 months ish whatever and you had the 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 added um glamour of sorry it's my wife dropping off a cup of tea to me thank you very much and a tumbler thank you yes i will show the tumbler very soon don't you worry about that um <laughs> you had the added uh glamour and glitz and i suppose in a little bit in, in some ways the unknown as well of hall and nash being back in the wwe mm-hmm. for the first time since 96 hogan being back for the first time in many years the original trio. And the, I think the way they were introduced as well, the whole McMahon talking into the mirror on the spinny chair, that and I will kill it and inject yeah. it with my poison, poison, you know, this sort of stuff. Obviously, McMahon injecting things with a, a dose of his own poison takes on a whole different meaning right now. But let's not talk about that. That's legal matters. We should not make comment. But that all fell apart so quickly as well. Yes. And you just look at it and you think, these things could... If, if we just stick with it and give it a chance... Great could have happened. But again, the, the NWO version in WWE, Hogan's wanted to turn face. Hall was back with his issues. Nash again fell apart from the waist down. You know, it's it's a shame. Parting pretty much from the start because of mm. the Hogan face turn and things yeah. like that. Um, in fact, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to, uh, later on, I'm going to clip the audio from that, me talking about 
the NWO in the WWF that their return. And I'm just going to use that in next week's Hall of Lame. <laughs> <laughs> Why not make a series of it? Terrible NWRs. Yeah, there you go. Booker T, Big Show, and Shawn Michaels has got to be up there somewhere as well. That was Jesus. not a good idea. Booker T, in, Booker T in the NWR. It just goes against everything that the NWR was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Shall we dive into the chat magazine and see what people have been saying? Yes, we shall. Um... Dan Griffin, this is why I'm, I, I'm presuming me because I like something hard and cold. It's why I got banned from the morgue. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Connor says, what's wrong with hard? And I'll just stop myself there. Connor, wash your mouth out with, with soap and water. Ridiculous, lowering the tone. Um, Benny Mac says, my whole of limb is putting sweets in the freezer. Well, you miss out then. You miss out. A curly whirly fresh out the freezer is one of life's pleasures. A curly whirly in the freezer. Okay. What else do you put in the freezer then, Sweets Voice? Is it anything chewy? Do you put, like, chewies in the freezer? No, that'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Oh, that's where you draw the line, is it? Yeah. I throw a Snickers in the freezer. (laughs) (laughs) Too far. A Snickers (laughs) from the freezer is is glorious. Because you get to... You can snap bits off and... Yeah, I'd be worried about cracking melt. that tuff, mate. A, 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 a what now? Cracking a tuff. Tooth. Are we talking yeah, that's what pain? I said. Okay. We've been we'll through leave. this before. We'll leave that there. <laughs> uh, Benny Mac says, fuck me, the Hall of Lame will be full at this rate. Wait till next week's because uh, man get darker. Oh, um, my King Pig's Banner says that list went on so long I forgot what it was for. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and then he said it's a sad recollection. You know, it is. It it mm. it really brings it home to just how much wrestlers give for, for this business. That not only injuries and uh, mental health, but a lot of them give the laugh for the, for the business. Uh, it's it's sad, uh, and then Benny goes into a, a spate yeah. of naming terrible two thousand things. Um, WrestleMania two thousand, Grecian two thousand. This one I'm not best taken with. Disco two thousand by Pulp. I think that's a cracking song. Yeah, that yeah, that is good. I like that. I don't mind Pulp. Yeah. No. Well, that, that, that ninety six? That was like. Yeah, it was all in the Britpop era, weren't it? Yeah, uh, but it missed out. Um, LOD two thousand. There, that was. Awful, weren't it? No, hang on one second. Sunny in that little tiny get-up she wore to the ring. I was willing to tolerate LOD 2000 <laughs> to see that. What about Techno Team 2000? Oh, that was fucking terrible. <laughs> it, was, it, <laughs> it definitely was. Uh, King Pig Banner drops the, the bombshell of forgetting the, the, the deaths in, in wrestling up to the age of 50. And then says, have fun. I'll catch up later. Um... Benny Mac says the NWO 2000 dad because they caught the millennium bug. Yeah, and they didn't have they didn't have they didn't have Chris Jericho around at the time as well, did they? Because he was no. the the person who would solve the Y2J problem. They're the Millennium Man, didn't they? Sid was a bait by then, wasn't he? Well, he was he only had half the brains that you do, so <laughs> yeah. Sharon, and he was going to have half the working legs. Yes. Oh, that's mean. Uh, Sharon agrees with me. Uh, Cadbury's buttons in the freezer is perfection. Yeah, exactly. yeah but that's, that's different. That's chocolate in the freezer. That's not like... Same difference. 
That's not like putting fruit pastels in the freezer or whatever weird shit you're up to at your house. Fruit pastels? Are you chewy, are they? It's it's a different. They're not caramel though, is it? It's the whole point is fruit is like hardening the caramel. Ah, uh, so you didn't say that. You said chewy stuff. So we've got. Um, I forgot now. Werther's Originals, <laughs> caramel, curly whirly, caramel, Snickers, right. caramel. Yeah, but that's not just caramel. That's nuts and all sorts of shit in there. But it's the caramel part that I'm, I'm leaving this because I'll, I'll end up just <laughs> bailing on it. Uh, Benny Mac says, he never said they were bad, just pointing them out. Um, and um, Benny also says he'd never seen the Sid leg break until the other day. It was bloody horrible. It's grim. Oh, it's I, literally, Benny. it's held together by the boot. That's how bad yeah. it is. Uh, I'm surprised this is the first time you've yeah, surprised the first time you've seen it, but it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. So it, if you want to really... if you want to look at some more gory shit like that, have a look for Luke Nillis breaking his leg for Aston Villa. Oof. That one is like you know how Sid's leg is like bends sideways, so his toes are pointing towards the screen and it bends mm-hmm. that way. Luke Nillis's leg in the middle of his shin bends, so his toes are pointing back at his own knee. Oh. Have a look for some of the pictures of that one. That's a bad one. Luke Nillis, Raston Villa. Oh, yeah, dear um, me. I'm sure as well. Uh, was there not uh, Jabril Cissé for Liverpool? Yeah. Yeah, but he was a piece his, of shit. So. Yeah, I know. He was a wanker. But no, even he didn't deserve a leg break. And we'll leave with this no, one. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> Sharon says, has anyone ever put grapes in the freezer? Life changing. Sharon, look at us. We don't put grapes in our mouth, never mind the freezer. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Her and Liv love bloody grapes in the freezer. I don't, well, I don't... it's it's what you Gloucester types just breed, don't you? I mean, didn't you uh, comment on Twitter about some people from Gloucester giving a birthday cake to a temporary traffic light? Yeah, because they're idiots. Exactly. It was from first of all, it's Gloucestershire. Okay, so I want to establish there's a um, difference. All right now, Gloucester is awful it really is it's gray and grimy and full of smackheads and betting shops it is gross um the docks is okay though but the rest of gloucester city center is disgusting yeah as you move out of that you're in gloucestershire which is the county and there's lots of nice countryside and, and lovely you know scenic Farmland. places to go and yeah country pubs and it, it be, it's beautiful country it really is but it's full of fucking weirdos <laughs> in okay bed. Full of him, so, it's right in bed. Going, going like, it is, it is. That's yeah. exactly what it's like, you know. Especially when you go out to places like Stroud or the Forest of Dean, it's full of people. Like, I mean, some of them, not all of them, but yeah. That so that thing I put out on Twitter about some um, people with a birthday cake celebrating the traffic, the temporary traffic lights. It's the most Gloucester thing, Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire thing, thing yeah. ever, because it's that passive aggressive pettiness. Of, oh, we're going to stand here. We've made a birthday cake because they've been here for a whole year. When are you going to sort out our temporary traffic lights? Oh, f- fuck off, man. There's like one car that goes down that road a week. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but how many you know? horse and carts, though? Well, that, yeah, fair point. That's, but they don't listen. I think aren't horses colorblind. They won't be able to tell the difference. <laughs> the, are lights are <laughs> the lights are grey. The lights are grey. Are horses colorblind, though? I don't think that they are. Are they not? No. I think okay, bees, well, doesn't are. Work, bees are colorblind. Are they? Yeah. How do people know that bees are colorblind now? 
I don't know. I have no idea. I just learned it one one time at school, and it's a one of those facts that stick with you. Forever. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not just I'm not disputing that you believe what you've been taught. Of course, <laughs> I'm just I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm just wondering how do people you believe it because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> how do people know that bees are colorblind? <laughs> Uh, they can't ask them, obviously. So I'm assuming there must be some form of experiment they do. How could you do an experiment to prove that a bull or a bee or a horse is colorblind? How could you do that? I I, I, I don't know. So I'm not a bee scientist. <laughs> a bee scientist? Is that the, is that the official title yet? Be- biologist. <laughs> A biologist. Uh, see it in the in the wanted ads in the back of the Burnley Times or the Burnley Chronicle. <laughs> biologist required. Experiments into colour blindness gonna take place in March. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but anyway, bees are colorblind. I don't know okay. if horses are. I'm sure you will look it up. I'm not gonna. <laughs> You'll definitely forget. Uh, uh we still got more in the chat, or shall I show you this Tumblr? Uh, yeah, I want to see the Tumblr. Um, fuck, okay. fuck, fuck the comments in the chat. I've told Fair you this on the WhatsApp. These people will like what we tell them to like. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, first of all, going to be a little bit of a spoiler because you've got the new Doctor Who pod logo on here for season six. And we've still got four or five episodes, I think, maybe more, Dan Griffin will say in the chat, of season five to go. So this is a bit of a spoiler, but there we go. Um Sharon made this and it's bloody fantastic. And if people like it, reach out. I'm sure we could sell you some. Uh, but here we go. Here is the front, if I can get it on camera. Whoop. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and she's even done you a favor by I getting you to remember so. your name. Yes. It's the little little bit of a catchphrase that from uh, when my daughter drew me, when Livy drew me when she was about two. And she basically drew um, a, a, an oblong man with a beard and a T-shirt that said Wasp on it. And then a speech bubble that said, I am sorry. So that's where it comes from when the show opens oh, that, and I say, I am sorry. That's, yeah. that's kind of where it always stuck from. So, yeah, that is that logo there. The light might be a bit bright, actually, but you can make that out. But on the back, we have the new Nitro Knights logo there. Which is quite cool. The Doctor Who pod logo there. Chain Wrestling Live logo just there. That's and the camera, the camera and the uh, the light I've got here aren't really doing it the justice that I want it to do, but it's incredibly crisp and bright. It looks absolutely fantastic, even to the point where the shadowing on the logo for the, the SJP thing there and so on. And it's um, obviously the, the one has got T in it. It it works brilliantly. We went to Liv's football the other day. It was an hour drive to Bristol. Watched the game. Halfway through the second half, my tea was still piping hot. Can't argue with that oh, shit, wow. mate, can you? Yeah, yeah really some pictures, Some HD pictures up on uh, onto the Twitter account. I will do. Well, we'll have to because this section of the show has worked horribly for the audio listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll go to the SJP um Twitter page and I'm sure Sal will eventually remember to put some uh pictures of his tumbler up. Yes, indeed, mate. Indeed. Uh what are we doing next? Are we have we got more in the chat or are we getting on to our non-wrestling topic? Let's let's skip to the non-wrestling topic. Okay. NWT time. Oh no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. 
Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Filthy, filthy belch. Ah, yes. Non-wrestling topic time. And this one was... It was inspired very much by something I watched on television, but it also harks back to a similar topic we did quite a few months ago now, Maxi. Really, isn't it? Quite, yeah. Possibly even over a year ago now. Yeah, and, um, and you were a little bit um, <clears throat> worried about putting it back up as a as a choice, and I talked you around. I said the CWF don't mind us revisiting these topics um, because of the love and respect that that we have for them and they have for us. But I put it in a slightly different way. Yes, I worded it more along the lines of they'll like what we tell them to like. That's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, yes, it, it kind of drops into the whole I don't get it vibe mm-hmm. from a previous non-wrestling topic. But I was looking at it more from a, from a scenario of people ranting on about how great something is. You watch it and, and think it's shite. Or, or maybe even the opposite. You think something is wonderful, a great TV show that other people think is shite or, or whatever. It doesn't have to be TV, it could be music, um, an actor specifically, anything at all, really. And this was very much inspired by the TV show Benadorm. Now, it popped up on Netflix as a suggested try this kind of thing. Um, I put it on one night. Uh Gave it a couple of episodes, and I don't think it made me laugh out loud once, but there was enough there to make me think, okay, I'll give it another go. Because online, everyone said when you get to seasons three and four, that's when it's at its funniest. And it's a UK-based show, so there's only a few episodes per season. It's not like I'm committing to ridiculous amount of TV. I'm now into season five, and I'm thinking, no. This this ain't for me. So if anyone else out there has seen Benadorm, please in the chat or, or you, your good self as well, Maxi, let us know your thoughts on that program because I understand so many people find it hysterical. But for it's me, shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm like I'm like you. I, a lot of my friends and family think it's one of the best shows that's ever been made. Uh, I, the way I used to go around with TV shows is I catch up with them later on. I don't like Yeah, so you got a lot you can binge, yeah. Yeah, I binge. I watched about four episodes of this and I thought this is blatantly unfunny. Um it Johnny Vegas was a total letdown in it. I I used to find him hilarious. In this he was absolutely gash. The bloke who was in Alveda's own pet who dresses up as a, a woman. I di- I just didn't get it. It was just not funny. Mm. I don't find it funny at all. Even the woman who was in a um the, the mobility scooter and the the clearly fake tan. I just didn't get yeah. it. It just is not a funny show. Not at all. Now, with regards to Johnny Vegas, I've got something else I want to point out about that character, okay? okay. His character is listed as being, not listed, it's, it's stated in the show as being 37 years of age. Because that's the running joke. He still lives at home with his mum and all this sort of stuff. He's 37. He actively chases courts and eventually takes out on a date. And I think they end up in a relationship. The the woman who has the bad tan and her family, the 16-year-old daughter in that group. Is she the one? Is, was she not she's pregnant, pregnant in the beginning. Yeah, yeah she's pregnant yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. That's that, horrific. That's, that's ick, mate. That, what's that all about? That's, yeah. That's nonsense. 
noncery of the highest order. But there we go. Um, I will say one thing, <clears throat> one thing in defense of Benidorm. If you can stick with it, or even if you don't, you're not about sticking with it, even if you just skip forwards in time enough on the seasons, I think it's beginning of season three. Um, Sheridan Smith comes in for four episodes. Well worth it, mate. She is looking very good in this TV show. I like Sheridan Smith. She's a national treasure. She looks lovely, mate. She looks obviously it's warm weather, so she wears lots of bikinis and so on. Well done, Miss Smith. You saved the show. <laughs> anyway, we will begin with the awesome look at the adjective podcast because I will read these out in the order they came into us, kind of yeah, roughly, of sort of. Um, just make it as I go along. Yeah, that, adju- that, that, adjective. Have you not? No. Okay. At Adjective Pod on Twitter, uh, a brilliant WCW podcast that also looks at other wrestling shows as well. Uh, um, really, really good show. Worth checking out. Uh, and they say Stephen Mulhern, but I will one hundred percent back them up on this. That guy is a dick. Is a twat. I, yep. Is the person I think is the person he was. He jumps in the into the graves of old. Um, game show hosts, yeah. He's do he does catchphrase now, yeah. He's a tasher, yeah. He's not funny in the slightest. No, nope, I hate him. He's a wannabe Bradley Walsh, yeah. Okay, I could see that, yeah. yeah I, 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 I agree with that one. That guy's yeah, a dick 100%. 100%. Lads, from the look at the adjective podcast, well done. He is an yeah. absolute fucking melt. Yeah. He's on the list, actually, Mags. He's on the list with John Bon Jovi and Celine Dion. If I ever met him, I'd punch him in the face. Celine Dion, oh, that's that's a, that's that's too far, I think. Mm, it's not. It's not. You shook me all night long, the ACDC cover. Leave it alone, love. You don't need to cover ACDC. It's perfect as it is. Okay? <laughs> anyway, Connor at Connor McCabe on Twitter. He says, and this is an interesting one for me, so bear with me as I go through what was, uh, what was said and so on. Connor says, try giving the popular sitcoms Friends, How I Met Your Mother, a go, along with The American <coughs> Office. A lot of the jokes I just didn't just didn't click with me, and the endings were bad. Um, we'll come to that in a moment, but I want to just say with Connor, I admire his dedication and his tenacity, because he said he gave these shows a go. But when I said to him, but you saw the endings, and you say the endings are bad, but you only gave them a go. He said, "Yeah, he watched the he watched all of it." My friends I mean, is ten seasons. Friends, friends, yeah, friends is like forever long. Yeah, uh, how I met your mother is like eight seasons, nine seasons, whatever. The Office is nine seasons, and I did a little bit of adding up, and I think it worked out at two hundred and sixty-six episodes of television, or something Jesus. in that ballpark. Well, you um, put six hundred and forty-five. Yeah, is it? Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So that's a lot of TV to just give something a go. But I admire his dedication, trying to be fair to the shows. But that yeah, aside, agreed. Yeah, totally. That aside, um, we'll break them down in the order Connor has given them to us. Magsy, friends, that was bloody good at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, and the 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 pertinent words are at the time. I think it's not aged very well. If you mm. go back and watch an episode of Friends now, it, it you can tell it was like a a, a mid nineties two thousand thing. It's mm. it's not 
it, it and I don't think it was particularly funny, like laugh out loud funny. It was a, a, a classic American sitcom style okay. of funny. Um, but I don't mind friends. It's not something I go actively seek out. But if there's nothing, nothing on, it's something mm. that it's good background noise, I suppose. There was something on uh, Facebook the other day. One of these articles written about different stuff, and it's um how this was five nineties sitcoms that have aged well, and five that have not. So I clicked on it and scanned through, and Friends was on the list of it has not. But the reason it gave, and I turned to Sharon and asked her this same question, the reason it gave blew my mind because I never thought about it until I read it that exact moment in time. Here we are, okay. you know, in twenty twenty four. Name me a black character in Friends. Yeah. Now it ran for ten years. You have oh, all their there, marriages. Right, there is one, the yes. one that I can remember. That's the 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 chef that Monica worked with. Hmm. She, I think she was only in a couple of episodes. Um, but that yeah, I can't think of a. There's definitely not a major character in there. There is the one in like season nine or ten or whatever. The black lady who went on to be in Criminal Minds, who was also a um, was into dinosaurs like Ross, and she was dating Joey and ended up. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember excluding that. That's only like one, ep- one maybe two episodes. Right. Now you think that's ten episodes? All the people they dated, all the partners they they had, all the people coming and going, all the people in the coffee shop that they spoke to, all the people in their different employments that they went to. That's a very white show. Yeah, and, and if you take one specific character, you could say it's maybe white nationalists kind of show. If you look at Gunter in the coffee shop, incredibly white, daddy's hair, very blonde, German name. The, Are you I trying mean, to say that the cast of Friends are Nazis? <laughs> is, that what, is that where you're going at, no? I don't want to cast of Spursions, but... It all points to some third rack stuff, doesn't it? Does it really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to ask the question. I'm not committing either way, but okay. The cast <laughs> of friends are apparently Nazis. Um, uh, how about your mother? What about that one? I've seen memes of it. Okay. But it, and I, I know the ending is meant to be ridiculously like so bad. That yes. it, this is all from the view of, the mum being dead or something like that. No, she dies. Okay. And then doesn't yeah. he get with another character? Yeah, the person that yeah. everyone wanted him to be Ro- with in the first Robin. Place, yeah. Robin yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, from the memes I've seen, it looks like typical Americanized mm-hmm. sitcom. Yeah. Um, for me, the character of Ted, who's the main character is a big problem because he's just incredibly unlikable. And if you don't is, like the main character, what's the point? Is that the legendary guy? No, that's um, Neil Patrick Harris, his character. Yeah. He's the best. That's Barney. Best he is character. amazing. He is awesome. He is incredibly funny. But um, yeah, yeah uh, it's not. Ted's just a piece of shit. But anyway. <laughs> I've ruined... How I Met Your Mother, oh, we 
together have ruined how you met your mother with uh, for your Sharon. No point finishing watching it now. Well, mm-hmm. we've saved your time, really, Sharon. You can watch something much, much better. And they made a spin-off of how I met your fa- called How I Met Your Father. That's shite too. Don't bother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and finally, from Connor, he says the American Office. I agree with him. How he sat through all of the seasons of that, he deserves a medal because it is the gashest of gash programs. They have taken. Uh, a British institution and and took a shit on it. I fucking hate the American office with a passion. It's ridiculous. America um, should be banned from taking British comedies and trying to bastardize them. I can't stand American versions of British comedy. It's ridiculous. Leave it alone. See, I, I only brought that up because I knew that's the kind of reaction you'd yeah. give me. It, I hate it's it. Like... I genuinely hate it. And I, I people say, oh, once you get past uh, like the th- three seasons and they've got onto their own storylines, it's better. No, it's fucking not. It's shit. It is all of it is shit. Every episode of it is shit. Oh, I like it. But anyway, <laughs> Millwall Chris at Millwall Chris one on Twitter. He says, Game of Thrones, what a load of bollocks. I've still not seen anything of it at all. I I didn't I, I didn't even look for his uh his uh um, comment. There it is. Uh, I I had the pleasure of uh, battling Millwall Chris uh, on an episode of Draft of Mania recently. So um, listen out for that coming up soon. Um and his takes on that. That were as ridiculous as his takes about Game of Thrones, apart from season eight where they rushed the ending. Um, I think it's one of the the early seasons were certainly one of the the best made TV programs in in the last decade. Um, okay, but the 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 reason why the show shits the bed is because they go so far past the source material, um, mm-hmm. and the the guy who wrote the book is called. Uh, George R. R. Martin, something like that. Um, he's like he's multiple books behind the actual TV program, they've gone that far into the future. So, when it starts veering away from his vision and then rushing it into a uh, that final season, it does get a bit wonky. But those first three or four seasons, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Okay, I've never seen any of it, so shock. There we go. Uh, Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter. He says, Star Wars, I don't get the hype. So much better sci fi out there. Can't understand how it's become so popular. Marketing. Um, well, yeah, there is that. I watched the original three Star Wars. I, I, was, I, I was born in 81 on this date in 81, Magsy, as we mentioned earlier. I was born in 81. So Star Wars, um, the last one, was it Jedi? Return of the Jedi came out in 83, I want to say. Yep. So all three would have been easily accessible to me on VHS or whatever when I was sort of eight, nine, ten. So I watched those, and I loved them as a kid. But after that, I, I tried to watch the the new ones and just thought it was shit, and there's so much of it now. It's, it's just it's not for me, mate. Um, My hot take... Is I think the the middle trilogy was the the trilogy that I enjoyed the most. Okay, so I bought the original trilogy when it was remastered, um, and it I think it was about five years before I ended up watching it. 
just gathering dust. The middle trilogy, even though people detest it because there's a lot of stuff about politics and uh, trade unions and things like that, I actually thought that that was really good. The the, the latest trilogy, what a bag of wank. I, I don't <laughs> like it at all. Um, <laughs> You've got so, such a wonderful grasp on the English language, haven't you? I have. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> <laughs> what a bag of wank. Um, <laughs> Rob also says, exceeding expectations. He'd given Game of Thrones, Happy Valley and Succession a wide berth as everyone raved about them. And I thought they'd be a letdown, but they actually turned out to be great. Oh, so there you go. See, positive see Millwall, Chris, you're wrong. Um, I've never seen Succession. Um I think that's another politics-based one, I think. Happy Valley's, uh, I'll always have a soft spot for Sarah Lancashire, and the fact that it was filmed literally um, five minutes away from, from where I live, that's uh, another Brucey Oh, border. was she the blonde lass, and she's the police lady in that? Yeah, she was Rick, yeah, Rick Hell okay. in uh, Coronation Street. I didn't watch Coronation Street. She's got a little bit of a beak, hasn't she? <laughs> she has. She's, yeah, she's, okay. She's classic Northern. She's a proper Northern right. lass. Uh, that show's brilliant. She, I love Happy Valley. She was in a as a one-off. She was in an episode of Doctor Who as what ended up being the bad. It's not a spoiler or anything like that, but she gets took over by something and is the alien, the bad guy in it. And it's very claustrophobic. They're in this train carriage, just a, a gang of them stuck in there with it, and so on. And she was fantastic. Oh, she was brilliant in it, mate. She was genuinely creepy and. It like like oh it was like it was shivers down your spine kind of stuff. She was really good. Was she better than Peter K when he had his episode? Mate, I could fucking just do a turd in my hand and throw it at the camera lens and it'd be better than I Peter Kay. I hated that. That that was, that was an embarrassment. The absorb not covered it. Yeah. Oh, we've not covered it yet on the Doctor Who pod. I'm doing the best I can to avoid it. Anyway, I agree with a lot of Rob's takes there. Star Wars, I think... I mean, the Star Wars and Star Trek thing, I'm not a massive fan of either of them, to be quite frank. Mm, no, I don't think there's a lot... There's not a lot of, like, sci-fi, spacey stuff that I'm particularly bothered about. It's just not a, a genre I'm interested in. But I do like Rob's takes. He's done well there. Mm. There we go. Uh, Matt Butler, at Trey Butler on Twitter. He says, Fucking hell, where do I start? <laughs> most, modern, <laughs> most modern comedies for the last 10 years, everything's either too American or just lazy. And no, it's not that I'm getting older, he says. It's correct. Um, He's correct in yeah, that assumption. He is correct. It is bullshit, isn't it? Uh, things that surprised me. Finally watched The, De- the Detectorists, which is one of the most well-written, thoughtful comedies. Yeah, that's it that Steve-O... Yeah, we, we've said that before on the show, haven't we? That Steve-O recommended that to us, and it was ah. surprisingly brilliant. I never thought that it would be a comedy that, no. that I would enjoy. Steve O recommended it. I watched it. Even Mrs. Mags got involved in it. She enjoyed it that much. It's such a heartwarming story. Yes, um, it's a brilliant program. And I'll even disagree with Steve O about the Christmas special. He, he panned that episode, and I thought it was a brilliant way to sign off that show. Um, the Detectorist is, is quality. The thing is, I think Steve-O has incredibly high expectations. Yeah. He, he he does not tolerate a drop in quality in the slightest. No. And I respect him for that. Yeah. You know? He will, he will not take any bullshit, will he? He definitely will not. That is very no. true. 
Um, Matt continues, what surpasses my expectations, Gladiators on Saturday nights. It's a great nostalgia trip, and I feel like Partridge when looking at Sabre and Diamond. <laughs> okay. So is this the new Gladiators? And it's Yes. Gladiators has been rebooted, hasn't it? It has, and it's I've got... I've not um, seen any of the new episodes yet. Bradley Walsh hosts it, doesn't he? So obviously Stephen Oh, Mulher, Wow. So yeah, Stephen Mulhern will jump in. Yeah, Stephen Mulhern will jump in at like season three or something. But um, yeah, he he hosts it. I've not seen any of it yet, but everyone tells me no. that it is as close to the original as it can be with regards to the music, the way it's filmed, and everything. Really? So, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely gonna. It's something that I've I'm, I've been wanting to check out just now at the time. Uh, but yeah, I'll I will I will take Matt's um, Matt's recommendation on that, and I'll I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss Jet though. She, she, I saw an interview with her. Um, it must have been in the build-up to the new Gladiator that was coming out, and she still looks pretty, pretty smoky. Mm. Indeed, indeed. Ah, uh, there we go. Um, Matt continues. Popular opinions that suck. Klopp is the second coming of Bob Paisley, <laughs> and he's also yeah. the second going at the end of the season. Uh, oh dear me, that's a bit okay. I think that a lot of and I don't I'm not saying this as a dig at Matt or Liverpool fans in general or um even football fans in general now I think that people sometimes get caught up in the world that we live in now which is a very immediate on demand everything at your fingertips kind of world yeah. you don't have to wait 7 days for the next episode of something you can just binge it you don't have to wait for your favorite radio show to come on Friday nights you can get the podcast for it. everything's on demand um, there's instant reactions via social media and the internet and so on to everything. And we get that there's all this hype about how I think things in the past are starting to be forgotten about at a quicker rate than they ever were done previously. So we had a silly conversation online between lots of people um, saying that Virgil van Dijk is the best centre back to ever play in the Premier League. He is fantastic, but let's slow down a little bit here. You got you've got fantastic defenders that weren't even in the conversation that have been forgotten about because of the time and Van Dyke's been playing. This was a year or two ago. They had this conversation, but Van Dyke was superb at that point in his career, but that doesn't mean he's the greatest ever with regards to longevity. And you know what I'm getting at? It's that kind of instant world we live in that kind of instant yeah, yeah, yeah. response to everything, you know? I mean, he's and not I think Klopp, Well, there you go. And I think Klopp, it's fantastic. And what he's done for Liverpool is, is incredible. It's just superb. He, he's been off the charts, brilliant for them, but to put him up against other managers and so on, I'm not hundred percent sure. Cause again, you look at the longevity and what they won in comparison. Again, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's different games and different eras, but that, that's conversation it's for that, a whole that, different podcast. Yeah. That, that's exactly It's, it's so hard to, to fairly compare, um, players or managers or or even teams of different areas because the the games are so different though the way that teams were built is so different um mm-hmm. yeah and i don't think it's fair but it is funny that the liverpool fans are, are crying into in into the the kebabs because they're clops on the way out Mm, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, another one here from Matt is that Aston Villa are going to break into the top four and uh, that City are guilty of the 115 alleged charges the media want to peddle. Um, 
I mean, they're guilty of some of them. They're guilty of quite a few. There's no smoke about fire, is there? Do you know what I mean? But yeah, there you go. Um, Aston Villa get breaking into the top four. I, I mean, you you get that sometimes, don't you? Random clubs managing to Leicester. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You know, clubs coming from the mid table and breaking into the top four, like like Manchester United, like Manchester United did last season. You know, (laughs) busting busting out of our traditional mid table battle. Um, (laughs) Look at West Ham over the. uh, I mean, obviously not doing too too well now, but uh, over the the past few years, they have come from nowhere to be a solid top six, top eight team, and and now have absolutely shit the bed. Um, Mm. But teams do are able to climb Brentford. Who would have foreseen Brentford or Brighton being the the forces that that they are? Um, it, it's it's the thing with football. Uh, sometimes teams do pop up and surprise you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure Villa are going to be the ones though, but we will see. We will see. Still plenty of football <laughs> to be played this season. Uh, Chris Mangor, our good friend from way round the other side of the world, uh, from Ramsey Street, he says. I only watched one episode, but for me, Peaky Blinders. I'm from the Midlands, and no, you're not. We know where you're from. Emigrated. You're emigrated. He did. Oh, okay, okay. Well, in that case, I apologise. Um, I'm from the Midlands, and a lot of people I know enjoy dressing up like those people. I really don't understand. On the plus side, I recently watched the OC for the first time. Didn't expect much, but really enjoyed it. Never seen the OC. I enjoyed Peaky Blinders until the end to the point where I didn't watch the last season because the trail end of the season before was a little bit on the wobbly side. I've watched half of an episode of Peaky Blanders and it wasn't for me. I've seen more okay. of Peaky Blanders through Gogglebox than I have watched actual Peaky Blanders. Um, it has some brilliant moments and some brilliant characters. It really does. It's one of those that you've got to stick with through some of the, the, the sort of world-building episodes to get the payoff to the other bits. But what I found with the later seasons is that the payoffs weren't as good as they were in the beginning yeah. seasons. You know, so... Well, there's so Maybe. many people that rant about how amazing it is. Then you get other people like my, my good lady Sharon, who really yeah. gave it a go because everyone, tell, everyone told her how much... they. I mean, her best friend Gila told her how much she loved it. She really gave it a go. She watched three whole seasons, and at the end of it, was like, "I just don't get it. It's shit." Yeah. So Sometimes when, own, I guess, isn't it? when somebody um, builds up a program to you and you and they're such a massive fan of it, you your expectations are, are huge. And if it mm. doesn't hit you straight away with that, it, it's a letdown, and you just can't be asked chundering through the episodes. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Um. Chris continues also on the surpassing expectations. I love a good prison drama. And after being told by others to try Orange is the New Black, I eventually did last year, thinking it would be a bit naff, but again, really enjoyed it. Yep. Great show. Absolutely great show. Yeah. We, uh, when, when the new season dropped, uh, me and Mrs. Meg's were full season bingers of that show. Um, I think it's one of those shows that, lasted the perfect amount of time for it. It didn't overstay its welcome. Um, mixes um, light-hearted stuff with some really uh, good um, social messages. Um, there's a, um, a lot of uh, stuff about racism and how um, America treats uh, people from from um, uh, other countries. Um, 
how white collar crime is looked at differently to like um, more um, common um, crimes, maybe like right. robbery or stuff like that. It's a yeah, it's a really interesting show. Okay, I don't, my sister said it was very good as well, so I'll give that a, give that a try. Uh, we have the third man, Magsy. The third man, the new third the, man, maybe joining the Nitro Knights team here on SJP World Media, covering WCW one show at a time in order, right from the beginning till the very sad end, and that is Ben Gandhi. Ranty Ranty Ben, as I refer to him as from the awesome show Rantamoisters, uh, at Largely Speaking on Twitter. He says, online gaming. He doesn't get that. You only mm-hmm. get Grebos telling you your shit and to go fuck a doorknob. What's the point? Yeah, online gaming <laughs> is it's awful. I hate online gaming. I hate it. People are just dickheads, yeah. aren't they? So I've never I've never been involved in it to really know. Yeah, I, there's. I don't think there's one game that I played over the last five years, outside of probably uh, GTA Online, that okay. I've enjoyed the online part. Not one. It's mm. crap. I, t- I, I like to game and enjoy it, not just be yeah. thrown shitloads of abuse out by people who who just are playing to wreck your enjoyment of it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not pleasant, is it? Um, no. I, I often would hear my son gaming with different people and shouting and yelling and arguments back and forth, which would be quite frustrating for me to hear from the other side of the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other side of the coin, I know that my middle daughter, Liv, would have a couple of friends that she would game with. Uh, I suppose Charlie is the same, but maybe not on the Xbox, PlayStation kind of thing. She has other games that she plays. Um and she has people that she specifically meets up with online and plays with them. Um, and I suppose as well, when you look at the, the, the world of COVID, when we were all under lockdown, probably quite important to some people's mental health at the time, potentially, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean um, Benny makes a good point in the, in the chat. He says about online gaming can be very toxic, but get the right people around you and you can. Uh, it can be a great experience. I had so many laughs with mates and, and friends, man. So yeah, if you... you if you foster a little group of people that uh, that you play with regularly, then yeah, it, it can. I dare say it can be fun, but it's when you are involved with the general public. Well, there's the no, problem, then, isn't it? Yeah, the pricks. Ninety-nine percent mm. of people are pricks. Yes, indeed. Um, we have a response from Chris Bellis at Real Chris Bellis on Twitter. He said to Ben, "I've always wanted to create a nice gaming space, maybe based around Halo." Oh, you owned me, Tarquin. Good job, he says. <laughs> I find online I find online gaming a chore. Um and Ben said he avoids it like the plague, etc. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I suppose that we that comes back to what Benny was saying in the chat and what you and I were saying as well, Maxie, that if you've got your own group of people, it's a bit different, isn't it? I suppose. But yeah. the, the general public are dicks. Yeah, pretty much. And I know because I'm one of them. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Dan Griffin. At Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter, he says, Peaky Blinders again. Made it four episodes and stopped because it was boring and couldn't stand Sam Neill's Irish accent. Okay, I mean, we've covered Peaky Blinders. I didn't know Sam Neill was even in it. Um, I don't know who Sam Neill is. Yeah, you do. The scientist from the original Jurassic Park. Nope. Brilliant. You do know. You've seen him before. It was the, he was the copper in Alcatraz. 
you remember the TV show Alcatraz? Mentioned oh, I never watched Alcatraz. Yeah, I, I really wanted to watch Alcatraz, but then you told me it ends on a cliffhanger and didn't get a second season. Yeah, which is so fucking that puts annoying. me off. Yeah, so I well, never watched but it. But that first season is glorious. Yeah, I might watch. I don't know. I want to watch it, but oh, I'm going to get angry at the end, did I? You are. When they reveal the light board and it shows that they're everywhere. Yeah, it's Fuck's sake, Mag. Spoilers. <laughs> well, you know, you just said you're not going to watch it, so... Well, I might. Prick. Um, <laughs> Dan Griffin also says... You went proper Gloucester, then. <laughs> you went, like, dark Gloucester, then. Dark Gloucester. <laughs> Uh, most reality TV, Dan Griffin says, I don't give a fuck what a load of permatanned syphilitic halfwits do, whether they're from Essex, Chelsea, or Newcastle. Stop it and fuck off. I 100% yep. agree. There's only one reality show that I've been interested in, and that's Selling Sunset. And I don't know why that program so- resonates with me. So it's this American uh, show. It's based in LA, and I think they moved to um, Florida as well. But they basically sell um, very expensive houses, like in the hills of LA and things like that. Um, and it's absolutely fascinating the the arguments that these group of estate agents can have. But you also get to see some class houses, like okay. worth. Tens of millions of dollars, and they—they just—they—they beautiful houses, absolutely beautiful. Um, I don't know why that that stuck with me, but yeah, it's it's another show that when the season drops on Netflix, me and the wife will will go out of our way to binge watch it. Hmm, okay, I've never heard of that. Interesting. <laughs> um, Dan also says Fortnite, PUBG, and any other battle royals shooter. I play yeah. video games to Shit. get away. Yeah, I play video games to get away from other people, not to have a twelve-year-old tell me he fucked my mum. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is there, but yeah, those battle royale style games absolutely do nothing for me. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, this one's a bit controversial. Is Cody it? Rhodes, fuck his story. Bored of seeing him cry in 50% of promos. I'm glad The Rock is taking his spot at Mania. Fuck him. Well, he's not taking his spot at Mania. <laughs> it looks like. How, that, that comment aged like milk. Mm, um, we are. Because, because, again, because of Charlie and her adoration for the guy, she adores Cody. We are very much a pro Cody household. I mean, she even adored him when he was Stardust for crying out loud. You know? So, very much a Cody fan in this house. I mean, I will happily say I was very excited for when The Rock said he was coming to challenge for the head of the table, and then when it was announced that he was going to take on Roman Reigns. Cody's story doesn't really do anything for me, but it did give me vibes of of when The Rock came and, and essentially took CM Punk's spot at, at yes. the, the, the main event of WrestleMania. And he, it felt like he was doing it again, like uh-huh. more than 10 years on. Um, and like him or not, Cody is clearly the man that WWE sees as, as the future face of the company. So for him to be dicked over last year and then it happened again, I, I think it would have been a bit shitter. Um, so uh-huh. I'm glad he got his spot back. I'm really intrigued to see what happens with Cody. 
Um, I mean, there's a comment by Benny Mack in the chat there saying that in the corner covered the press conference. Uh, and that's true. That was released today. Tyler and Benny looked at the press conference themselves. Uh, go and check it out via the SJP World Media main feed and, of course, the in the corner feed as well. So we don't need to dive into it too much because those guys would have covered it extensively for us. But I'm intrigued as to see what happens with Cody after WrestleMania if he wins the title. Because traditionally when we've had this kind of ground swell of support for somebody who then becomes the the sort of generic you know naturally chosen baby face i suppose we had it with daniel bryan we had it with kofi kingston we had it a few others as well that the, the support for them it becomes virtually impossible for the wwe to ignore despite them trying very hard mm-hmm. after the win it doesn't always go as well as the build-up to the match, and, and that some is, even that's a WWE problem, though. It, yes, it's it's we'll give the people what they want. We've got that big moment out of the way now. Fuck them. They're going back to mid card. I exactly. mean, look at Kofi Kingston. That whole that Kofi Mania stuff was absolutely yep. on fire. And then as soon as they could, they had him dropping the belt in like what a minute like yes, 90 yeah. seconds something like that and never again did he grace that that tile picture um so yeah they'll mm-hmm. they'll they'll give us what we want and then they'll fuck us over yeah yeah potentially i, I don't know if cody would be a bit different um obviously the booking is different now to those previous eras the people in charge are different now to those previous eras and cody feels the most natural baby face of them all the most almost the most believable and, and being a genuine believable over a good guy in pro wrestling in 2024 is is so difficult to do so maybe they want to keep hold of that because they want those kind of guys but i think eventually at some point roman reigns is going to be that baby face and that's what we're going to end up with but that's somewhere down the line for, for another conversation another day yeah i, I mean bang just bang before- sorry go on just before we leave this, I do want to say that the way Seth Rollins and the, his tap have been treated in this whole storyline actually grands mad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking... He, he's being treated as if he's he's the second place. I hate mm-hmm. it because he's, he's the, the workhorse champion. He's been literally breaking his back to... to um, keep the world that world title in the picture and for him to be set, stood at the sidelines whilst three other people argue over one title it, it just felt like a massive slap in his face oh I hated yeah that he, he did he did seem like such an odd extra didn't he just hanging in the background yeah, it was but at the same time I, I love seth bell to bell i think the guy is one of the best wwe has mm-hmm. in ring incredible the silly clothes he wears, whatever. I, I, that don't bother me. He, he can dress like a, a, a complete knobhead, whatever. You know, it is what it is. What, what bothers me more is a good promo, of course. We know that. But it's this whole, ah, ha, 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 I am a revolutionary. I am a this. I am well, a shut are the you, fuck up. Are you mocking the the, the civil, uh, snivel sneer laugh? That Not laugh is amazing. the worst part of it it for me is when he starts saying i am a revolutionary i am this and it's like shut the fuck up you pretentious cunt (laughs) you know it's too much but anyway i don't think it's enough (laughs) i think it should be that more (laughs) 
Like every every other sentence should be mentioned in being a revolutionary. Yeah, but I, I think again, I'm a big Seth fan. Always have been in the ring, absolutely superb. You know, and the way he's been treated is not great. Uh, bang bang, Steve from the Bang Bang podcast at Von Tugboat on Twitter. He simply says he doesn't get wrestling and podcasts, which is brilliant. Ironic, considering seeing as he's he heavily involved in all. <laughs> It's gold, isn't it? It's gold. Uh, Emerald Hills at Turd Ferguson on Twitter. They say, totally agree with Peaky Blinders. Tried it and just couldn't get into it, so binned it off. Hate reality TV with a passion. So a few more votes for those topics there. Um, Also, they carry on, in agreement, RE Online Gaming. I love a single-player RPG. As for Cody, I don't see why everyone is so mad and hateful. He still got to get his spot and had already said he'll go out of Roman at another time. I'm all mad we're not getting Punk versus Seth. And me, that would have been fantastic. But that was glorious. It, it was it glorious that he didn't get it after he after he spent years being a little Marty ass about not getting his WrestleMania moment to get injured when he was getting that WrestleMania moment. Good. Fuck punk. Are we done? <laughs> we're done. <laughs> One of the biggest draws in the business at the moment yeah, in his own um, mind yeah. in his own mind I'll bring, I'm not going to start banging on his own mind I'm going to proper master again how dare you <laughs> you fucking prick at pigs bladders on twitter he says most reality tv shows uh, I don't want to watch your over glamorized lifestyle with your setup situations to make you look good yeah mm-hmm. fair point um, don't get period drama unless you have a fetish to see people shagging in Victorian clothing. What's the point? Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. Downton Abbey, all that stuff. I mm. never got it. Nah, but there, it's hugely popular. So obviously, it's not aimed at us potentially. I don't know, but it is what it is. Um, and the detectorists, brilliant. He says, yep. another vote for that. Yeah, all very good points by King Pig Bladders. Absolutely agree with him. Indeed. Um, at MGB Graham. Starbucks, yeah, not paying those prices and size options. What's wrong with small, medium, and large? Mm-hmm. I have only been in three times. One was the original one in Seattle in 2004, and that was my only positive experience of the three. I don't get what he's on about with the sizes. I'm, I don't drink coffee, so I don't go so, into so Starbucks. Starbucks sizes are, they're, they're all different languages of the word 20, I think. So I think there's like... The, the smallest is like a called a grande, and then there's a vente, and then there's a something else. Instead of calling them small, medium, large, like, they're all ridiculous names. Um, okay. I can't stand Starbucks. Um, as somebody who is um, quite the coffee aficionado, um, Starbucks coffee is, is shit. It's very, it's tasteless, plain. It's just overpriced, milky coffee. It's horrific. If you want a chain uh, coffee store, Costa is 10 times better than Starbucks. That's where the wife goes. She likes Costa. And it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It's better coffee. But the actual, probably the best chain chain store coffee is McDonald's coffee. For for as cheap as chips as it is, it's it's the best coffee. And that's coming from me, who drinks a hell of a lot of coffee, has a hell of a lot of uh, different coffee beans, McDonald's, if I'm out, I would prefer a McDonald's coffee over any other coffee. Interesting. Uh, I don't drink coffee, look, so it doesn't affect me, but that's interesting <laughs> that McDonald's is the top the top one, yeah. Yep. 
for, oh, for, it's go. value for money. It's um, a really nice blend of um, of beans. Really tasty. Yeah, get McDonald's coffee over any coffee. Hmm, interesting. Um, the other half of the Bang Bang podcast at Bang Bang Podcast Andy on Twitter. He says this fucker and just has a picture of Cody Rhodes. Um. Everyone's so lady. mean about Cody Rhodes. I don't know. Uh, my good wife Sharon at Sharon Korea thirteen. She says uh, she's another one who says Peaky Blinders. I just don't get it. Everyone around me loves it, but I think it was a bit shit. So mm-hmm. okay. Um, Ori agrees. Or at Ori the draw, she says I feel the same way about Outlander. Though I've never seen Outlander. What's that? Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of Outlander. Hmm. I don't know what that is. Sounds very spacey. Like sapphire, but it's already obviously it's sorry, obviously it's because of the program Highlander. But when I hear the term Outlander, I just think of like fields and blokes with long hair and swords and shit, <laughs> and and just that he's the one, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that, but again, it's just literally because it has Ander at the end, I think. <laughs> Well, if Ori says it's she doesn't get it, um, she's a, a brilliant uh, judge. So I would, I would say that it's not as good as it's cracked up to be. Then, fair enough. Uh, Lauren Ashley at Laura. I don't know what at her name's Lauren Ashley. Her Twitter handle is a variation of that. I can't read it properly. Lau Ash Renley. Right, there we go. If you, if you uh, look, it's Lauren split in half and then Ashley split in half and mixed up. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, Lauren, she <laughs> says... Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> she says, ahem, pumpkin spice anything. Yeah, it's grim. like gingerbread. Yeah. Yeah, she says it's, it's like gingerbread. Grim. It's like gingerbread and pot puree had an odd baby that white girls queue over. No thanks I, to the bin of you. I don't get it. It's horrific. Any, it it doesn't for me. Don't even taste a pumpkin. It's just cinnamony, and I can't stand cinnamon. So, yeah, get in the fucking uh, bin with that bollocks. Sharon doesn't like cinnamon, so I probably didn't even know what that is because it wouldn't have come in the house. Look, so yeah. It's just an it, uh, an attempt to capitalize on on like the fall. I mean, like autumn. It's just right. It's ridiculous, and they make a massive thing of it. Starbucks again make a huge thing of pumpkin spice. They have massive um, uh, press about oh our pumpkin spice stuff is out, and then it queues around the block, and it's it's grim. Yeah, it's disgusting. See, when I read Pumpkin Spice, I just thought that we were going to start talking about, you know, Jerry Halliwell's fatter sister or something. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think it was. (laughs) That would be a better version of Pumpkin Spice. Yeah, it's just, it's pumpkin and cinnamon flavoured stuff around October, November time. I don't mind cinnamon. Uh, I don't really know what pumpkin tastes like. I don't think I've ever really, I don't think I've eaten pumpkin before. It's an American thing as well, though, isn't it? They pumpkin pie. I mean, mm. how, for me, pumpkin is like it's it's kind of food that you you mash like mashed potato. I can't imagine putting putting it in a pie. See, for me, pumpkin is just something you carve and stick outside the front of your house. So I didn't even think yeah. of it as a, as a you know. But there we go. Um, 
suddenly hundreds and thousands of geek shops, Lauren continues, like my brethren in Christ, that t-shirt cost how much for that show? Seek help. Fair enough. What's a geek shop? Um, it, It's a brand, isn't it? Or it's like a... I mean, I'm, I'm way I, out. I'm assuming week. she's digging. Yeah, me. I'm, Sharon will probably tell us in the chat. But I'm <laughs> assuming she's digging at like t-shirts with certain stuff on it. Like you can go into certain shops now and buy an ACDC t-shirt or a, a, a Megadeth ah, t-shirt. Yeah. Motorhead is a big one because the Motorhead logo and and the, the, the Ramones. The yeah, the, yes, yes the great, perfect example. The Ramones, and then these people walking around, these young girls walking around with these tops on, have no idea who the band are can't name you three songs and uh, i think it's fucking bollocks really i mean there should be a test if you go to buy mm. a, a band t-shirt there should be a te- you should have to pass a test and get at least five questions out of ten right before you're allowed to buy it yeah there you go lemmy <laughs> obviously the iconic man from motorhead lemmy god rest his soul once was asked about the fact that places were selling motorhead shirts like i mean asda was one of them and so on or premark and, and these sort of places were selling motorhead shirts and he wasn't getting a big cut of the money because it was the way it was done with the merchandising and so on it screwed the bands and he said it's nice seeing our logo out there but ultimately i still live in a one-bedroom flat above a strip bar i'd rather they bought the fucking album so yeah, exactly that, that says so, a lot doesn't it so <clears throat> exactly it would have got pennies from them mm-hmm. and exactly I'll, and if it had anything to do with the, the kind of uh, sales that the Hebners did, he'll have got absolutely nothing at all. Mm. Mm. Idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Cash, at the Bobby Cash on Twitter. He says, I tried to watch Peaky Blinders three times, just can't get into it, but I admire your tenacity, Bob. Crack on, pal. Three attempts, you know it's not for you after three. You tried two more than than I did. There we go. Good on you. There we go. We reach the Stevo section of the show, and it's not total Stevo anymore. We're not getting total Stevo. We're only getting half of him or three quarters of him. We're not getting the total Stevo. It's now at ElitefBL underscore Stevo. Go and check out all the brilliant stuff Stevo does on YouTube and his podcasts and so on with regards to fpl such fantastic content he does with all his mates around that way and also his solo podcast as well just talk about so many different things just from his his life and so on really interesting stuff he's a content machine he is indeed he is indeed steve-o says well i'll start with traitors i attempted episode one of series one couldn't get past 10 minutes okay i've never seen it so i can't comment i've 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 heard so much about it um people raving about it i don't think it's a kind of show that i'd be into um yeah it's it's kind of like a game show i think okay um, oh yes hang on is this the one i think claudia where... winkleman might be the host i think it's yes winkleman. that's that's yeah i'm thinking of the same one and there's like a gang of them maybe 12 or 15 people but three of them or four of them or whatever are the traitors yeah. And they've got and they all sit around a table at the end of an episode and vote somebody who they think is a traitor to leave. And they've got to get rid of the traitors to win the money. But if a traitor makes it to the end, they win the money or something like that. Right. Yeah. I won't be watching it. No, no, no. Not for um Steve O says controversial, but today's wrestling product. 
and that will probably be a topic for a bonus Total Steamer podcast. Whether AEW or WWE, I just don't buy into it at all. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm still haven't watched an episode of Raw or SmackDown in its, in, in its entirety for many a year. I'm mm. happy catching up on um, with clips um, from the either Instagram or or uh, Twitter. Uh, but the pay per views I watch, I think WWE pay per views yes. are, are top draw nowadays. But yeah, the week to week show doesn't interest me. No, and I'm of the same kind of vibe now with uh, AEW. I watched AEW every week when it started, um, me, Charlie and Sharon, and then we kind of had a little blip where we fell away for a bit, and then we came back and we were enjoying it again, but it's almost got off the boil. for Well, for me personally, it's got off the boil again. I pick up more, like you said, Magsy, from clips online and YouTube and so on. And if I had a choice right now, which company I would rather watch, not that you have to make a choice, of course, you you can watch both and enjoy both, or you could not watch either and just pretend they don't exist if you don't like it. Those are the options you have, people online. You haven't got to be a piece of shit and argue with other people about what they like. But anyway, if I had to sway which one I prefer at the moment, I'm leaning more towards the WWE product to what we're seeing on AEW television. But there you go. Um. Steve continues. Oh God, last night I attempted this BBC sitcom. <laughs> when he starts the sentence with oh God, you know he's it's just, going to be grim. <laughs> he's he's literally been typing these messages and suddenly just gone, whoa. It's like a thunderbolt into his mind, isn't it? Oh <laughs> yeah. hang on, I remember. <laughs> last night I attempted this BBC sitcom. Here we go. Various articles saying how good and funny it is. I turned it off after two minutes. <laughs> I've never, I can't say I've ever heard of it. Nah, nor me. Nor if he was crap, though, I believe him. Yeah, I, I, I rate Steve-O's opinions on stuff, so if he says it's shite, I'll, I'll go along with that. Um, Oh, yeah, very controversial, Steve-O says, but The Godfather, once again, I tried... As in the movie? Got, yeah. Got well, that, through 30... That's a, that's a good film. Got through 30 minutes and decided it hasn't grabbed me. Yeah, that's, so that's fair. You know, that's fair. If it doesn't, it's if a different you don't type of it, movie, though, Max. Yeah, yeah. If you For don't me, get it straight away, I can understand you not being into it. But uh, me and, and, and the wife, we love all that kind of like mm-hmm. um, American crime kind of gangster stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's a different type of movie. If it, the Godfather, I don't think it will grab you in the first 30 minutes. I think you have to watch a bit longer to appreciate, yeah. you know, and especially then, uh, I know it's a big commitment because the Godfather films are so long, but I feel if you watch the Godfather, you then watch Godfather 2, which is almost like the, the dessert. That's that's your prize for getting through your savoury dish. Yes. You know I mean, Godfather Part 2 is the fucking business. Yes. That so is, that's if you, great. If you think of Godfather as a meal, the Godfather 1 is is like the mashed potatoes. Yeah, it's you enjoy it, but it's not the main part. You, you Your roast lamb is your Godfather 2, or your chicken, or your beef. That's the that like you said, it's the prize that you get for for powering through your veg. Mm-hmm. There you go. And the Godfather Part Three is that little bit of gristly shit that you get on your meat that you spit out and throw away because it's crap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they should have left Steve-O. it too. <laughs> yeah, they should have, mate. Steve O continues. I always say the U.S. Office, 
just hate the stupid, silly humor. I will admit I there's kidding. something there's something there in which if it wasn't for the ridiculous over the top acting and characters, I'd probably enjoy. I just nope. can't immerse myself into its world. I hate it. I hate it. I hope it gets syphilis. It's that bad. Why? Okay. Um, Christ, Steve-O says, which applies to what he's about, <laughs> what he's about to say, no, and also in response I to you. Know, I believe he was. <laughs> he hates Jesus. That's why he's getting up. He doesn't get Jesus. <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> uh, everyone rants on about it, but it's just not for me. Um, <laughs> afterlife, he means. The worst thing Gervais has done. I detest it. Mm. If the punchlines are just saying the C word, similar to his atrocious Armageddon stand-up, he needs to step away and rethink. The bloke's is, become is a parody of himself. Is it a wor- the worst thing he's done? He did that show, uh, that movie, uh, Special Correspondence, where he pretended to be in a war zone. That was worse. There was the I film. Don't know what that is. Uh, there was, he did a film where he was a dentist. That was pretty gash. Um, I don't think I liked Afterlife. I don't think it needed the the third series, but okay. I I thought it was a uh, a well told story. Um, I get where he's getting out about him being a parody though. I've seen his last few uh, Netflix specials, and you could easily swap them um, about because they are all very same. He he has become very pre- pretentious. Um, but after that being the worst thing he's done, that I think he's uh, over-egging the pudding there. Hmm. Okay. I- I've not seen it, so I can't comment. Um, <laughs> Ozark, Steve-O says, couldn't get into that at all. Once again, there was something there. I legit was two and a half series in and just trying to get through, trying to see if something would grab me, but couldn't. In my opinion, a very boring version of Breaking Bad. Now, I'm the other way on this, Magsy. I watched Breaking Bad that everyone rants on about as being Which one of the greatest TV shows ever yeah. made. Everyone's right. yeah. rant. I, I, don't get me wrong. It, I, I liked it, but it almost felt like... You know how we were saying about how Peaky Blinders would have these episodes that were setting up to, the, to give you the brilliant episode a couple of shows down the line? Okay. Breaking Bad for me had that vibe as well. You had to get through three or four episodes of setup to get the payoff to, that made the the good points came in peaks. They weren't they weren't you know consistent across the series for me. Ozark on the other side of the coin, I feel did what Breaking Bad did, but got to the point quicker. And I really enjoyed Ozark above Breaking Bad. I mean, I, I won't slay Ozark because I've, I've I've heard good things about it, but I've never watched mm-hmm. an episode of it. Brilliant uh, cast, Maxie. I, I think you'd enjoy it. I think I think I think it'd be something that you would get into. Yeah, um, but I, I do disagree with you about Breaking Bad. I, I I like the fact that the 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 world is so intricately built that little things mm-hmm. that happen in in an episode in season one have a massive effect in season six it's it's oh yeah that, yeah, yeah. That, the the story the the way that they used uh uh colors to signify parts of the story um i thought it was absolutely brilliant and the fact that uh the the writer i think vince gilligan was able to then to do the same thing with a spin-off uh and still weave the whole um breaking bad universe together i thought it was it was genius writing. So mm. um, I, I agree uh, that that Breaking Bad is is an amazing show. Absolutely, I amazing. think 
you would enjoy Ozark then. I'll, I'll, um, I'll give it a try. It may, it may be not as much as Breaking Bad, if you see Breaking Bad as being as being that excellent, but I still think there's enough there for, for you to enjoy. I think, you're enjoy, again, brilliant cast and some great characters as well. Uh, Steve also says, another that's just sprung to mind, Alan Partridge. Literally do not get it at all. This There's some strokes of genius in Alan Partridge, but a lot you have to wade through a lot of meh comedy to get there. Mm. I'll tell you the best one of the best things that he did with Partridge. You had like obviously the, the initial stuff, didn't you? He had like a radio show and um in Norwich. Really? Yes, that's Norwich. It. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the actual Alan Partridge talk uh-huh. show. Yeah, that's it. Knowing me, knowing you. And it was the whole almost like a Wogan kind of vibe to it, you know. And then you had the the sitcom aspect of him as well. When he'd split up from his wife and, and all that, living in the hotel and, and so on. Yeah, the, the the kind of downfall of Alan Partridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then one of the later things he did, so you already know the character from the sitcom and how it all works and how he's quite pretentious and thinks he's a bigger deal than he is and all that sort of stuff. They did a show that was like, like the name of it escapes me. Sharon won't be able to remind me in the chat. But they did a show that was like the one show. That's on BBC One most nights now. I think it's like ah, six, seven o'clock, something like that. Like one of these magazine shows with different little yeah, topics yeah. and you know, quite light-hearted variety thing. And the main host in this show um, apparently died, so they had to draft somebody in very quickly to take his place. So they got Alan Partridge in, and the show is filmed from the aspect of them filming the show. Okay, so it's all almost like how the uk or the us office is put together like they're filming not not quite a documentary but you're almost like a fly on the wall as they're making the show mm-hmm. and it is fantastic but it's only brilliant because you know the character from the previous shit if you know what i mean yeah it's it's because so, his co-host he hates and she hates him and it's quite cleverly done it, the one thing that is good about the whole alan Partridge thing is it's that if you watch all of the, the Alan Partridge content, there's there's definitely a, a, a character arc there mm-hmm. from going from um, basically a local celebrity to a, a, a British celebrity and then um, the kind of fall from grace and then the, the redemption. So there's a, definitely a, a story arc to it. But again, you have to wade through a lot of shit. Yeah. I, I, I quite enjoy a lot of the stuff he does, but it's my kind of humour. It's just a, a knobhead that you're laughing at, isn't it? So, yeah, there you go. Thank you, Steve, for all those brilliant suggestions. Um, at FBL underscore Juice, we have only a couple more to get through before we talk a little bit of wrestling in a moment. Uh, the FBL Juice show, this is. And they say, just for starters, Greg's. Magsy? As in, as in the baker? Well, yeah, I assume so. I don't think he means every person named Greg. I mean, there is, there is one knobhead Greg called Greg Wallace, the, the guy from MasterChef. He's yeah, a Yeah, Rosicki. Greg Rosicki. Did you think he particularly has a dislike for did him? Mean, did you mean Greg Rosicki, the, the, the tennis player? Rosicki. He's tennis player. He's not tough. He's not the same as tough. All right. Greg, fuck Greg me. Rizetska. His name's Greg, isn't it? I think it means the, the, being the baker. Um, he must do. He can't be. He can't be all Gregs all around the world. What I would say in Gregs' defence is, wait till you get a pound bakery and just realise the difference in quality. Yeah. Then, because pound bakery is 
that's horrific, but cheap. Greg's is a bit more expensive, but at least you can taste the meat content in the in the products rather than it being mm. like cat or pigeon. Cat or pigeon. Um, so Mary... I'm gonna argue with your missus now. Um okay, she's let's, actually let's jump ahead to that then. She's put you wash your mouth out, Mags. I love Greg Wallace. Do you know Greg Wallace is a knobhead? He cheated on his wife multiple times. He charged an absolute fortune for a, a dinner with Greg Wallace. And the, the wanker is on a cooking show, and he can't cook. He's terrible at cooking. Do you know what he is? He's a fruit and veg seller. He's a, he's a tosser. Greg Wallace is a prick, and I don't <laughs> care who knows it. There was a very recent, was it a TV program he did or an interview he did? That okay. There was a lot of backlash about um, he only plays with his son for like an hour on a Saturday. And then he'd rather be playing on playing complete playing computer games on his own for three hours or something like that. They, quite a, they gave him a they gave a him a show of thing, him going, Yeah, they gave him a show where he went touring round factories. Um yes. why, who the fuck wants that bald headed prick walking around a factory wearing a fucking hairnet? The cunt's got no hair. What's he wearing a hairnet for? What a waste of what a waste of a hairnet. I don't what like a, a bloody good hairnet wasted there, Magsy. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, He's a shithead. Anyway, um, <laughs> FL Juice continues. Mary J. Bloige. I mean, I that's can't a name hyper specific person to. Be yeah, I can't name you any of her songs. I know I've, I've heard of her, obviously, but what's a Mary J. Bloige song? I do you know. I wouldn't name. I couldn't name one. Yeah. Not really okay. my genre. Sarah of music. No, no. Um, and they also He makes say, me laugh. I don't want to marry him. Good. Because he would cheat on you. Because he's a wanker. <laughs> That's obviously Sharon talking about Greg Wallace, not Mary J. Blige. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mary J. Blige makes Sharon laugh. Yeah. But she doesn't want to marry him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also say here, FBR Juice, those man bag things that people wear across their chests nowadays. Oh, yeah. I, there's loads of them chavin twats in Burnley. They, and they're really they're expensive branded bags, and you, you can barely put a phone in them. Like you'll see them with Gucci or Armani or Louis Vuitton, and they cost a fortune, and it's literally just like a pocket in the middle of your chest. And you look like a twat oh, wearing them. Yes, load of bollocks. Just yeah. do the proper thing and buy a Put pair of combat shorts. Pocket. Yeah, buy a pair of combat shorts. If you need to carry more than a wallet and a phone, first of all, have a look at yourself, what you're doing with your life. But secondly, if you do have to carry more than a wallet and a phone, buy some cargo shorts so you have an additional pocket. Yeah. I mean, they wear, they wear like tracksuits where they've got multiple pockets. They'll wear a, uh, a hoodie or a, a jacket that's got multiple pockets, and yet they have to wear a bag so it's like a reverse backpack, but it's the size of a stamp. I would a reverse ba- would a reverse backpack be a front pack? Well, yeah, a front pack. It's like mm. a very effeminate bum bag. Mm. Oh dear. Um, FPL toast at toast FPL. Finally, the last one we need to get through this week here on Shane Wrestling Live. And there's a bit of a list here, Magsy. Um, a couple of things we've covered already. 
just give me a yes or no as to whether you are fond I of them that. or not. I can't I have to. I, if, exactly. I'll have We're nearly two hours in already, man. <laughs> You're making up time for all the scabs that you've had. Oh, for goodness. What are these scabs that I've had? My granddaughter was born, you bellend. Well, you didn't <laughs> want to go to the hospital. Your wife literally made you go to the hospital. I didn't say I didn't. Well, she didn't make me go. That's not quite accurate. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> FPL Toast on Twitter. They say Coldplay. That's a big no for me. Um, they one of their songs was my wedding song. So yeah. Oh dear me. Um, friends, what, having friends or a TV program? I'm not sure what they mean. They're not being very specific. Or full of Yeah. General public shit and yeah. Uh, anything by Christopher Nolan? I don't know who that is. What? No, who's Christopher Nolan? Hard, hard fail. He's one of the best directors out in the last twenty years. He did the Batman trilogy with uh, the, he did um, Inception. Not seen it. Tenet. What the pre- the Prestige? No. Memento. No. These are all amazing films. Dunkirk. Did you see Dunkirk? No. Oh, no. Well, anyway, I hard disagree <laughs> with with uh, with FPL toss there. Christopher Nolan is is a gem. Uh, you two, yeah, not someone who um over the board. I mean, one or two good songs, mm. but not my Joshua not my Tree album. The Joshua Tree Tree album back in the day that that has some great stuff on it, but yeah. even that isn't play from start to finish brilliant even that's got skippable moments but i think that's the best they did so are you saying that they're a, a singles band uh yeah that's a good show actually that's a yeah, good way of putting them actually yeah yeah fair enough um he then says coldplay again we've covered that avatar <laughs> that's the blue dudes isn't it i mean technically i i, I get the the art history of it it's not for me no, that's hugely yeah. popular though. I've seen bits of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it's yeah. not, it deserves its plaudits. Um, but yeah, it's not for me. Not mm, my okay. kind of film. Um fish and chips. No, I love a bit of fish and what? chips. What? And that is that he's lost me. He's lost me again. Christopher Nolan I'll and Fish you, and Chips. I'll tell you how much Rude. I like fish and chips, right? You know that if I eat greasy batter, we've had this conversation on the show before, it makes me sick, doesn't it? It makes me vomit. I will suffer through that to have fish and chips. I will eat it knowing it's going to make me feel violently sick in about two hours afterwards. Yeah, there is absolutely nothing wrong with fish and chips. We have a um, a local kind of franchise called Bannies, and they do um, uh, lemon and, and pepper fish, uh, deep fried fish, and they do uh, tikka masala fish. Oh my, it's glorious, mate! It's absolutely glorious. Yeah, so okay. he's. That's a bad take. Okay. Um, Coldplay, they say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so horrible. Uh, Nando's. Nando's. Three times. Yeah, Na- Nando's. Is, Nando's. It, it overhyped. It's all right. It's dry chicken and, and spicy rice. It's all right, but it's very overhyped. I've had Nando's once in my life, and I don't know what city I was in. Birmingham, Swansea, wherever. And it was it was on like an end-of-season football weekend away on the piss and okay. so on and it was middle of the afternoon and a couple of the lads were like let's go to nando's and i was like i've never been so they're like well come on then you come with us um and i thought it was fantastic but 
this was like I said, middle of the afternoon, so I was shit faced by this point already. So <laughs> can't really judge. I would not complain of going to Dando's. I just don't get the harp in it. And okay. the the red hot sauce that they, they do isn't even that hot. So okay. they, they need to tune up the spice a little bit. Fair enough. Uh, and finally from at Toast FPL, Coldplay. Hmm. I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking they're not a big fan of uh, oh, I don't Viva La so. Vida. Yes. Um, they did have a response from Diffie FPL, at Diffie FPL on Twitter. They say, I think people who pretend to like Coldplay do so just to act like they have an interest in music. Well, this, the, who knew that the the um, that the fantasy football world and the Coldplay haters world were so interlinked? Mental. It's crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. crazy. Definite but, cold play hatred. But we absolutely circle. appreciate the FPL um, um, community getting involved. God, I thought you were going to say then that we absolutely appreciate cold play, and I was going to tell you to go fuck yourself. I didn't. I didn't go that far. I had <laughs> a song of theirs as the song for our for my wedding. I didn't say I was in the Coldplay fan club. Okay, fair enough. And again, each to their own. You know, people can like whatever music they want to like, and that's the beauty of music. There's so much out there, yeah. so, so many different genres, different bands, different artists, people to enjoy. There is no right or wrong, unless, of course, you like Celine Dion. But anyway, let's dive into the chat, Magsy, because that was all we had. Far, oh, oh, so I just you said there was no wrong answer. That's all. Um, I've, there's a lot to go back to. Jesus, well, Christ. there is, there um, is. We're a busy evening, mate. We have. We're meant to be a resting podcast as well. Um, so let's go to this one because this actually made me chuckle. Studying bees uh, is an exciting scientific field at the moment. It's generating a lot of buzz, says Dan Griffin. Brilliant. Didn't. Love. <laughs> and there's six episodes of Doctor Who podcast left ah, for this season. Okay, there we go. Uh, I'm Connor blatantly going to forget and ask you again next week. Yeah, <laughs> Connor says all three shows you're involved in on the Tumblr might need to get in touch about a volley theme one for myself later down the line. Well, hit him up in the DMs, slide into them DMs. Um, Sharon says the the Tumblrs are six hours hot, twelve hours cold. I mean, if you need any longer than that, there's something absolutely wrong with you. Um, mm. I think I might need a, a Tumblr very soon. Honestly, the, the cold drinks as well. I've not had a cold drink in it, but Sharon has in her one that she made. Um, and it's ridiculous. It's still freezing. Like She's gone to bed, woken up the following morning, and it's still cold. It's insane. And I don't know Can't how they do it, because it's just a... Yeah. There'll be a vacuum layer in the middle, I would assume. Okay. Hmm. Um, and we'll try and rapid fire through some of these, because there is shitloads of comments, and we massively appreciate you for it, but we do want to get to bed. Um Benny says, wow, Mags and the Rock turning heel, and then says, saw clips of Benidorm, as in the advert, uh, adverts on TV. Thought it looked shit, so never watched it. You did yourself a service there, sir. Um, Connor on, sa- says, he watched Benidorm as it was recently added to BritBox, gave it a few seasons, and it didn't lack it at all, so it didn't sit well with me. But you've already made a run for your own back. You have to watch all of the episodes. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not really giving it a go. Yeah, your opinion on Benidorm doesn't count until you've watched all 10 seasons, mate. Exactly. And then he says, for context, he had nothing else to do during COVID and was completely Ah. bored out of his mind. Um, Dan Griffin's called Stephen Mulhern a Mulhermit crab. Well, 
I wish he had crabs. <laughs> in fact, I bet he does have crabs. Mm. Just because it is, it's like the STD of British game shows, isn't it? Just everywhere. <laughs> the, S- the STD of British game shows. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Connor says, as for the office, he started watching the British version to see if it compares to the US. Uh, also going on to move to watching more UK version. The UK version of Ghost. What's is what's Ghost? I don't know. But US um, office, it doesn't even hold a candle to the UK office. Um, Sharon says, yeah, the female chef in, in Friends was uh, was a black character, but they mm. are still uh, of the Nazi variety. Uh, the best episode of Friends was the one with Tank Abbott in. I mean, every episode of Friends with Tank Abbott in is the best. Uh, Sharon Mad, because I, I, I wrecked uh, what multiple shows. I can't even remember which one she was on about then. Um, Barney, oh, it was uh, How I Met Your Mother. Barney That's was the saviour of that show. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris was great, and uh, he's one of my favourite actors. Uh, I'll always enjoy the stuff he did in uh, in Doctor Who as the toy maker in the last Tennis special. Was he in that? Hmm, yeah he played the toy maker toy maker was a villain in the 60s that they bought back for the specials and he was brilliant it it just like he did all these different accents and it sounds silly but he did a scene where he was dancing to spice up your life by the spice girls whilst turning people's guns into ball walls and petal it's ridiculous but it's brilliant he was he was he's just he's just really really talented i think uh, Benny says, if you watch How I Met Your Mother, you won't like Ted to begin with. Nope. Uh, but I stayed for Neil Patrick Harris. He is brilliant. Sharon says this absolute ridiculousness, so that don't deserve repeating. Uh, Benny then says the same, so uh, fuck you. Um, Connor says, never finished Game of Thrones. I, I tend to do that with shows. Watch them three to four seasons uh, of it, uh, a long one, and then forget about it completely. Well, you, you're out of order. Get it watched. Um Connor says the the spin-off with Matt Smith as one of the villains, uh, House of the Dragon, is good. Yeah, I've not I've not watched any of that yet. That's uh, Game of Thrones, is that right? Yeah, that's the, that's like a prequel. It's about the Daenerys' okay. uh family, uh, like thousands of years before the, the story of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, the TV show first came out 10 years ago. George R. R. Martin is still writing the next book in the series. He was writing back then. The prick. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's, he's definitely doing it on purpose. Um, Dan says, the Love and Monsters uh, Love and Monsters can wait until the very last series of the Doctor Who pod, maybe even the last episode. Yeah, that should be the episode that you say, fuck this shit, we're out of. <laughs> say, this has ruined it for us, and it's killed the podcast. Um Benny Mac recommends the Battlestar Galactica series, the remake okay. from 2004. Um, again, not a program I've ever watched. The Dan says the, the new Gladiators are properly fantastic, and there's a wrestler from Round My Way on it this week. Oh, that's cool. Liverpool live rent-free in Matt Butler's head. It's sad, really. Still, it's all he has when they're in the National League North in a couple of years' time. You know full well, as I do, Man City will not face the... Nope. They will not face any uh, kind of uh, punishment whatsoever. It's nope. it's the way of football. Uh, Benny Mac says, Gladiators is pretty good. He uh, agrees it's as close as it can be to the original. Um, definitely beat Scar's attempt from 2008. I don't remember that one. At all. I don't remember that either. And But I, I vaguely remember the original referee was back on that one. The, the Scottish oh, one. Okay, yeah. 
But Why? I think they had totally different um, gladiators in it. Hmm. Next yeah, okay. up, interesting. Dan says, an old workmate of his tried to say Roberto Carlos wouldn't fit in the modern game. When pressed, he finally admitted he thought that because of his mate playing FIFA and not seeing some actual footage. What a melt. <laughs> what an absolute clown. Um, Cillian Murphy is fantastic in Peaky Blinders and he's even better in the movie Oppenheimer, where he's the main role as Dr. Oppenheimer and builds the atomic bomb. I've not seen Oppenheimer yet. Um, no. But when it gets to Netflix, I'll definitely be checking it out. Um, ben is saying online game can be very toxic, but uh, you get the right people around you and it can be a great experience. Um, yep, I agree, but it's it's public online gaming, which I can't stand. And then he mm. says, I work in a big shop and can confirm 99.9% of people are cunts. Sorry, cunts. So it's half 10, nice no, fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. You made me cough laughing. Um, Benny then says, Bruce Willis is a ghost in the sixth sense. Wow, that's out of order. Spoilers. Dan says, don't moan about spoilers, sir. We all know you have forgotten about it by the time you get around <laughs> to watching it. Spot on, spot on. I think, I think uh, Sai is the kind of person who constantly has to read the first two pages of a book because he, by the time he gets to page three, he's forgotten what's happened on page one and two. <laughs> Have you ever seen the episode of um, Bottom, where Rick Mayles sat in bed reading his book, and he's got War and Peace, War and Peace, and he says, well, I've been at this a few years now, haven't we, my old friend? Opens it up, and he's still on like, page two or something like that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, Benny Mac confirming that they covered the, the uh, WrestleMania XL press conference on In the Corner, so I'll definitely I, go and check I, that out. Um, he said the press conference was the most streamed non-in-ring event ever. I mean, the, it just didn't make sense to me because The Rock was saying he's challenging Roman Reigns and then by the end of it, he was Roman Reigns' best friend and they were tag-teaming together against Cordy and, and Seth. Mm. It didn't, not that I've ruined the the uh, the, the show in, in the corner. Definitely go and check out that. They'll have gone way more into depth with it. Uh, Dan says, Cody winning might be actually for the best. He'll be a shit champion, then fade into obscurity after getting beat by a mysterious mass muscle-bound luchador, Locke Bresner. I think the <laughs> days of bringing back Brock may be done with the fact yeah. that he lacks golden showers. I think he's quite happy out on his farm now, isn't he? Hiding yeah. away from the public for the time being. Um, Benny agrees with me that uh, Seth Rollins in the world title uh, definitely deserved more. Sar with the C-bomb. Oh my days, Sar dropped a C bomb. Wow, that's that's it's what being a granddad does to you. You you just <laughs> you, ha, you end up having no filter. Uh, Sharon says she loves reality TV, housewives, and Vanderpump rules. Va, Vander, what the fuck is Vanderpump rules? And I mean, I'm, like this Lisa is from Vanderpump? someone who lacks. This is from someone who likes Married at First Sight when it's clearly a massively scripted program and they don't actually get married. So, yeah, anyway. Vanderpump Rules is Lisa Vanderpump, the the rich lady, and it's her running bars in America. Who's Le uh, no? I'm not asking. I'm I'm never going to watch it. I don't know who she is. I don't care who she is. It's a terrible. Right, show. Well, let's fucking I'm move on then. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon says, "Dan, serious question: mug or tumbler?" And then Sharon says, Tumblr, wow, what have I done? Just a random question. Something suspicious going on in the chat here. Mm, yeah, 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 
the bloke from Outlander is quite fit, allegedly. Um, oh, okay. Connor says, not a, a, a big coffee person, but he drinks unhealthy amounts of Mountain Dew and sweet-ass tea from our caffeine consumption. I've tried sweet-ass tea once, and it's fucking sweet. Jesus Christ. I mean, I know the clue's in the name, but you can genuinely feel your teeth rotting from uh, American sweet-ass tea. It's horrific. Um, it's just cold tea with lots and lots of sugar, just so you know. Cold tea? What, what the yeah. fuck? Exactly. Sharon says she doesn't like pumpkin spice or Christmas spice. Gives me a migraine. Yeah, it's shit. And then Benny says pumpkin spice doesn't even have pumpkin in. That's That makes it even worse. It's trading off someone else's name. Ridiculous. Uh-huh. Uh, Sharon says Goodfellas is the best. I think I've told yeah. this before, but uh, me, and, me and Mrs. Maggs used to genuinely go to sleep to Goodfellas pretty much every single night, um, just as like the background noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sharon says she really enjoyed Ozark and the, the Alan Partridge um, talk show was called That's it. Um, Yes, it's like the one show, yeah, that is worth a watch that is quite funny uh, Connor says, um, I'm assuming this is Ozark it's about a TV chef whose brother owned a restaurant in Chicago and the younger brother, the TV chef gets a restaurant after the, the older brother offs himself is that no. Ozark? That's that's somewhere else then. No, that's not that. Is that, no, is that, that Outlander? That, that could is. be Outlander. No. Oh, okay. Dan Griffin says he hates Alan Partridge with a passion just for the Dan, 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 Steve, Steve. <laughs> yep. Um, Sharon, you wash your mouth out. No, I will not. Greg Wallace is a wanker. Just deal with it. Um, Benny Max says them bags where they're on the chest are basically bum bags, the fannies. Um, Sharon says Mary J. Blige performed the, on the halftime show with Eminem. What was that this year? Like, yeah, like no, last year. Days. Okay, or the year before. Uh, yeah, that Eminem halftime show was amazing. He had so many special guests. Yeah. Okay. Um, Come Cam, let's the party. Hello, Hello sir. How are you? Uh, Sharon says Bill Batman is the best Batman. Well, I mean, Adam West might have something to say about that. Um, Sharon says hi, Cam. Uh, ben F, for fuck's sake, uh, watch a fucking Nolan film. The Batman trilogy is awesome, <laughs> especially with Tom Hardy's Bane. Yeah, Tom Hardy's. I don't think I've seen a bad Tom Hardy film. That guy is superb. Um, Dan saying hello to Cam. Uh, Cam saying congrats to you and, and Sarah Hope. Absolutely oh, great news. You. Hope all is doing well. Naughty Ant said happy birthday to you, though. So, hmm. Cam says, just seeing the Batman chat. Tom Hardy's a great uh, band just because he's Tom Hardy, but he really likes the Robert Pattinson version. I have not seen that. Is That's the Batman, isn't it? That's the Robert Pattinson one. I've not seen I've that I've no yet. idea what people are talking about right now. Batman. Batman. I know I know Batman, but I've talked different actors in different roles, different films. I've got no idea. Uh, Dan, Dan says, Kevin Conroy in the animated stuff is the best Batman. Is that That's the one where Mark Hamill... Uh, from Star Wars is the Joker, I think. Is that right? I'm sure Dan will correct me if I'm wrong. Cam, on the ball, <laughs> as usual. Where is my hat? I've literally not had that hat on for like over two hours. Um, it, it it died in a fire, Cam. I'm just I'm just not wearing one today. I'm, I'm changing things up. Uh, fried fish in a basket of vinegar. Uh, oh, I thought this... I, Thought that said fried fish in a basket of vinegar. 
Yeah. It's sublime, but it said vinegar fries. Yeah, so fish and chips. Just call it fish and chips. You don't need to yeah. snazz it up with a basket. Don't need to try and Americanize it. Call it. We invented exactly. chips, by the way. And fish. And fish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Connor. Just needs gravy as well. Oh, now that in this house mm. is a controversial fish and gravy. I don't. I don't no, I don't that think game. that. But obviously, it's, an, it's a northern thing, isn't it? The gravy and chips and so on. Because down here, we don't do that. Which, again, is so funny because we're such a small little country that there's so many differences in such a small space of, of, of area. But down here, putting gravy on chips, people just wouldn't even think to do that. But up, up where you are, that's a regular thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like chips, pea, mushy peas and gravy. Definitely go together. Stick a pie in there. Sausage, laughing, but it's gravy and fish. I don't get on with. For me, it's got to be curry okay. sauce on your fish. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have if you were having fish like, as a meal. You wouldn't put gravy on the plate, would you? No, fish and gravy just don't go together. No, I would so have that's, so. so that's grim. Um, Sharon says, "Tom Hardy, I don't get it. Fantastic Ben, though. Well, you're wrong." He's sublime, shout. Yeah, exactly. The sky version. No, what she of- means is, what she means is, the fact that all, all the women think Tom Hardy is spectacular to look at. Sharon oh, okay. doesn't get that aspect, but he was very That's good fair. in the roles he plays. Yeah, yeah. He's. De- I think he's. A, I mean, I don't get the the good looking thing. It's not. He's not my cup of tea. But as an actor, I think he's really, really good. Uh, Dan says the sky version of Gladiators gave the wrestling world Nick Aldis. Oh well, the more you know. Okay. And, Benny confirming it as well. Nick Aldis was a gladiator. Um, Tom Hardy still hasn't read her book yet. No. I think she's still not Tom Hardy. That's rude. God damn it, Tom Hardy. Another yeah. late comer to the show, Morty, um, who if you listen out for on the on this very network, you'll hear me and him on a couple of episodes of Draftomania coming up. Um, again, um, Cam welcoming Morty to the show. And Sharon said it was the 2022 halftime show. Okay, yep, there you go. Uh, Connor, you missed the first part to that magazine. It's a show called The Bear. All right. It stars Jeremy Allen uh, Allen White. It's a Hulu original. I believe it's on uh, Disney Plus in the UK. Yeah, I've never never heard of that. No, Uh, I don't know that either, no. Mark Hamill is indeed the Joker in the animated Batman. See, I have got things right. Mags to say, Batman. Batman. <laughs> uh, Cam says apologies. He's off socials. Magsay, he didn't realize it was Granddad's size day of birth. And, and no problem. It was also man. It was a few days ago. Um, look at me. How sad am I begging for birthday prayers? Just pathetic of me. Uh, Morty says, first thing he ever saw with Tom Hardy in it was the take where he brutally rapes a woman. It's the only, only thing I see when I see him on screen. What br- <laughs> That's great. You, you mean you, you keep going man- back to that scene? or <laughs> I think that. It's just on loop. He's just got it yeah. on loop. <laughs> Magsy coughing his guts up there. It took, took a good two and a half hours to start. Well, two hours, ten minutes to get that, though. So. I'm, I'm surprised I've lasted this long. Uh, Morty says he asked for chip spice when he uh, grew up in Essex, and they had no clue. But whenever he's up north, he smashes chip spice and scraps. Batter scraps are the shit. They are the best. What's chip spice? What is chip spice? It's it's a seasoned salt that you put on your chips. Okay. Okay, I'm not familiar but with that. I'm not a massive. I don't 
care either way for chips bass, but batter scraps, they are the best, mm. definitely. Yeah. Uh, Cam says he once asked for gravy in his local back when he was down south. They looked at me like I'd shat on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Sharon says that you haven't read her book yet. Yeah, okay. I've read half of it, but more to the point, Tom Hardy hasn't even started it, the bastard. Well, yeah, so mm. pick your battles, Sharon. Mm. Um, Mag's mm. man, uh, um, Benny Matt, and Dan Griffin says Chips Bass is fucking banging. You know what is better for chips than Chips Bass? Red salt. Red salt is what? So it's, it's essentially, it's paprika and salt mixed together, and it is no okay. It's delicious. Oh, that does sound good, you know. It is very good. Is that sack. just something you've made at home, though, or is that a real thing? No, no. You, we buy it in like salt shakers, but you can, you get it in a lot of uh, Burnley chippies, red salt. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to try and keep an eye out for that. If not, I'm going to have to make some. But I guarantee I'm going to get the, the ratio wrong and fuck it up. But we'll give it a go. 50 50 paprika and salt. Can't get that wrong. Is that what it is? Yeah. Thank you so, so much to everyone for joining us in the chat. We are very, very busy this evening and I love to see it. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for all the well wishes as well for um, my granddaughter being born for my birthday, for Max's birthday and all that great stuff. And of course, thank you so much for all the responses to the non-wrestling topic. But we are nearly two and a quarter hours into the show. And believe it or not, as the T-shirt does say, we are a wrestling podcast. So we should talk some wrestling. We should. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! DNA Turning Point 2004. America's Most Wanted versus Triple X. It's in a cage, there's a bit of blood, and then the one dude does a head scissors off the top of the cage and wins. What, though? He loses. But there we go. That's the end of that. Shall we move on, Maxie? Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just looking at the time. <laughs> so... Let's have your rating for it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, TNA Turning Point 2004. I picked this because I wanted to look at the highest rated cage match out of all the cage matches that has ever been that I have not seen before. And on the top 10, I looked at this was at number seven. I don't think I'd seen this before. Watching it back, I was correct. I had not seen it before. Um, Magsy, how long ago had you seen this if you had seen this before? <sighs> I don't particularly remember watching the whole match before. I know that I have because I remembered it, but I can't remember how long it's been. And the the one thing that has stood out is the meme that 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 got made of it of, of the Elix Skipper walking the cage. Mm. Um, and I think that that, whilst highlighting the the thing that made the match famous, I think it does the match a massive disservice. Yes, exactly. Because whilst that is a good spot, it's all that anyone really remembers of this match. But this is a fucking good cage match. Like a really, really good cage match. And I think mm. it's unfair that it's only remembered for that spot. See, for me, I hadn't seen this before, of course. But I knew that spot was in the match because Dan Griffin last time we were live pointed out that that was, that was the match. So I was waiting for that moment and it is really 
the iconic, isn't it? It is a spot that, as you said, Magazine is replayed all the time on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. So I was waiting for that moment, thinking that was going to be the big highlight of the match, similar to Foley going off the cell is the highlight of that match and all that sort of stuff. So I was waiting for that moment. However, this match was this good that by the time that spot happened, I'd forgotten that that spot was coming up in the first place. Yeah. They'd mm-hmm. made me forget about the only point in the match that I knew happened because of what they did previous to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And 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 like I said, that that is the spot that's always shown. You go on, on Twitter and you that's the only meme from this match that you'll see. Mm. But there's so much quality in this match, but before and even after that spot that I th- I think that it's it's become almost like a curse for this match that that's the mm. only thing it's remembered okay. for. Um, for those interested who may not have seen it yet, um, just like many other TNA matches that we cover here on Chain Wrestling Live, it is available in its entirety, the whole pay-per-view for nothing, put up by TNA themselves onto mm-hmm. YouTube. So you can go and check it out there. It's the last match. It's the main event of the evening. And also, this is the last wrestling match Randy Savage takes part in before he dies. Well, the last pay-per-view. He's not, um, part, he's not part of this match. Spiral oh, no, not part of this match, but he's part, yeah, yeah. But there's plenty of other stuff going on as well. It's well worth checking out the TNA stuff on YouTube because, again, yeah. it costs nothing. And there's some gold yeah. there, isn't there? It is. It's glorious. Um, a couple of things we also have in the undercard of this show. Uh, we have a limousine arriving with, pe- with two people getting out of it, uh, one doing a very bad Triple H impression, one doing a very bad Vince McMahon impression. That runs throughout the pay-per-view, trying to be funny and edgy and almost... WCW Monday Night War-esque but doesn't quite hit the nail on the head Shane Douglas is here but in the role of a backstage interviewer which is weird for me is this I've I've watched a lot of the pay-per-view when we were going to cover this match last week but for this week I only re-watched the match but I'm sure this is the pay-per-view where Shane Douglas and I think Road Dog they go to um where WWE are, are recording, um, and they basically okay. do the they do the WCW invasion uh, with the the jeep that was meant to be a tank, but with just them, and I think Tracy Brooks might be there. Um, right. Okay. They, basically, they they try and make make out as if they're invading mm. WWE, and it just comes off as yeah petty. Yeah, in the same way that the Triple H McMahon stuff impersonators yeah. on the yeah, um, but we do see a I don't know the correct term is it little person um, beat up the fake McMahon, which again was a little bit surreal, and then we have Scott Hall and Kevin Nash dressed as Elvis for their match in the show because they are the kings of wrestling apparently, and Jarrett, and Jarrett yes, but Jarrett doesn't dress up does he? Jarrett's just like fuck you, I ain't wearing that shit. I mean, he, he's <laughs> like that anyway. So, yeah. But there's still some good stuff to be found in TNA around this time. Um, it's the six sides of steel. Mm-hmm. I believe escape the cage does not result in victory. It's just pinfall or submission, Maxi. I think. I, I, I believe so because there's many times, or there's a few times in the match where people could have escaped mm-hmm. um, and didn't. So. Um, I think it was just um, pinfalls and submissions. The 
the the losing team also had to disband. Um, yes, so of course, yes. One of these teams uh, would be no longer, and it was it was weird because they started with uh, the essentially tag team rules. I was going to mention this, mm. where you had to tag in, which in a cage just doesn't seem like it has a point. But luckily, halfway through the match or so, they kind of give up on this and just go free for all, which mm. made sense. Yeah, and, and I'm with you completely. Tagging in and out in this environment, it just seems so stupid. And you know it's going to break down, ultimately. You know at some point it's going to. So why even start that way? It's daft. Yeah, I mean, I feel it was for the a very particular spot um, because after that spot, that's when the breakdown happens. The um, the bit with the key, uh, and we see, um, uh, I think it's James Storm um, struggling to get the key to Wildcat. But once that bit happens, the tagging in felt kind of pointless. So I think mm-hmm. that it was it was basically just for that spot, and then afterwards they realised it wasn't working. We've got that spot out of the way. Let's crack on with making this into a, a proper cage match. Yeah, there we go. Um, Christopher Daniels, one half of the Triple X tag team, bleeds very early, and it's quite the gusher he has, isn't it? Um, Bald head and and cage equals bleeding. There you go. It is a bit punchy-kicky early on as well. So you've got the the weirdness of tagging in and out and the fact that... uh, I suppose, I wouldn't say you can split the match into two because that's not doing it justice. It's better than that. But the beginning does feel very different to what we then enjoy for the rest of the contest, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it starts off pretty much as a kind of like a an amalgamation of a standard tag match and a standard cage match. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's only kind of after we get to the point with the, the handcuffs and um, and the, the the hot tag and things like that that it, it starts to really go beyond being a, a, a typical cage match. Uh, but it, it does take a little while to get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I don't think it's helped for the first maybe, I want to say third of the match, that the production crew or the cameraman or the director or whoever's in charge of, of this aspect of, of, of the pay-per-view, they don't quite get it right timing-wise mm-hmm. with cutting to certain cameras or whether the cameramen aren't in the position they should be because they miss yeah. certain... We're not, I'm not talking massive spots that are like you know going to blow your mind that we get later in the match. They tend to capture most of those, I feel. But mm-hmm. you know, smaller spots and cer- certain moments that you feel you need to see to help follow the story these guys are trying to tell a mist as well. It's a bit clunky, isn't it? And a bit, a bit, you know, a bit off yeah. from that aspect potentially. You're absolutely right. Uh, there is a, uh, in the first 10 minutes is a, a couple of times where you can hear the commentators, um, essentially marking out over a, a, a big move and you're getting the view from the top of the cage, uh, which is, has nothing, nothing to do with what's happening in the ring. Uh, mm. Saying that, I really did like the camera placement that was on top of the cage. Um, yes. WWE went through a, a phase of having a top-down camera, which I, 
I don't think kind of work, but this one, it was almost like it was just above the cage and you get to see some really good angles of some some of the big moves, especially going towards near the end of the, the match. But the, 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 the camera team did struggle a little bit in the beginning. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, that camera angle that you mentioned there, I love that as well. I thought that was so good. But it, there's the only there is a negative to it, I feel. Uh, it's a small one because I, I still think the match was that good that it, it didn't take away from it. But it did make the ring and, and the cage feel very small. Yeah. The angle it was at. It felt like there wasn't... Because obviously you got the two guys from one team, the two guys from the other team, because we've got rid of the silly tagging in and out aspect by this point of the match. Plus the referee as well, which I suppose you wouldn't have in a traditional cage match of just escaping the cage back in the 70s or whatever it may well be. The referee wouldn't be on the inside with the competitors. So you've got all these bodies in this already slightly smaller shape because it's hexagonal. Mm-hmm. It does make it feel a little bit cramped in there for certain moments, I think, Magsy. Did, did you pick yeah. up on that or am I just, is that just me? No, you're right. You, you are right. Um, I think the, the, the TNA ring at this time, whilst being very unique, didn't quite make for a lot of action in a cage because it is so small. It was mm, okay. uh, maybe not as small as the bird cage that Scott Steiner wrestled in a couple of times, but it was very small. Did they? I mean, I, I don't know if you, you'd know, Mags, maybe Dan Griffin in the chat or um, Scottish Danny, when he hears this, uh, can message and, and let us know. Did they then make the six-sided ring bigger? Because we end up with pay-per-views that are complete cage matches all the way through. Every match on the pay-per-view is a yeah, cage lockdown. match. Was yeah, lockdown. Lockdown. yeah, Yeah, lockdown. Yeah, first of all, stupid fucking idea, but that's a, toy for, a story for a different day. But those matches, I don't know if it was being filmed differently and it was the same ring or if it was a bit, but they didn't feel as claustrophobic. So was that, mm. did they make the ring bigger? I don't know. I mean, if, if again, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it was, um, cause I know there was a period where Hogan came in and he said, he does not like the six sided ring. Yes, so it's going yes. back to a, uh, a square. And then they went back to the six sided ring. So whether those were, um, they made the ring a little bit bigger then, um, or if they did change this particular ring, uh, I'm sure mm. Dan will be able to tell us in the chat. But I think they had it looked bigger. The six other ring looked bigger pre Hogan as well. I think, yeah, okay. and that's my mind's playing tricks on me. I don't know. But, you uh, may well be right. You may well be right. We got some brilliant double team moves here as well, which you would expect from you know these two tag, tag teams. teams very tight. Yeah, exactly. Um, we get a power bomb elbow drop combination by Triple H, Triple X. I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty spectacular. There, um, we the storm hits a few spears as well during the duration of this match, which I think it looks very good. But we also get um, people using the other team's moves, which yeah. I think when you've got when you have a match and tag teams do this, or even singles guys, I suppose, but tag teams, it seems to be a little bit more prominent with, especially in a certain era. I hate it. But when you've had a story that's gone on for quite a while and you've faced each other over and over again, which is where we are with these two teams, Mm -hmm. I quite like it in that scenario, Max. Yeah, I mean, when it happens week week in, week out, it can be boring. I've seen someone else hit someone else, someone their opponent's finisher. But I think, like you said, with where these two teams were at in the story and the the um, 
the stipulation of the losing team having to to break up, you would do anything you could to to win the match, even if that mm. is rubber stamping it by the the opponent's finishing move. And every now and again, it, it is kind of cool to see somebody hit a finishing move on the person who who owns that finishing move. Um, mm. So I I enjoyed it in this match. I thought it was really cool. And and the death sentence, I think, is a, a really good finishing move anyway. So it was cool seeing yes. Elix Skipper and, uh, and uh, Christopher Daniels attempt that. Mm, indeed. Um, we do then get uh, the, the, the babyface team, I suppose, cleaning house is the phrase thrown around on commentary at different occasions. And they're dominating the heels for a while. Uh, before we then, I suppose, get the tide turning once more. It's very back and forth. It's, it's difficult to kind of break this match down and go into detail because it does sort of sway between who's on top quite often because of the nature mm-hmm. of it. You've got all four guys in there. So if, if one person is dominating, you've got somebody else from a different team who can come in and, and just change the direction again, I suppose. So it's, from, from a making notes standpoint, breaking it down and explaining it here for the purpose of this podcast, I find that quite tricky because it does mm-hmm. the tide does swing back and forth quite often but there's a, a couple of really cool spots in there i mean one of them in particular um skipper hits a belly-to-belly suplex which is then um combined with a cross body by his partner as well that looks smooth that was really good yeah i mean you can tell that these two teams have amazing chemistry um mm. even in the the kind of arena of a cage match where things can go to to hell pretty quickly and things can go very wrong very fast. They managed to to keep it together. Um I do agree with you that the the beginning part of the match um feels a kind of rough, but once you get to the the handcuff spot, I think this match kicks it up a notch. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um we have Triple X hitting um, the death sentence, as you mentioned, Max, using somebody else's move. That gets a close two count. That was quite cool. Um, Skipper gets powerbombed off the top rope as well. There was yep. some crazy height in that. There's the old, um, oh, what do they call it, where everyone's all stuck. Tower of Doom, is it? Where we get the, the suplex powerbomb uh, combination thingy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not usually a massive fan of a Tower of Doom. No, Bomb, nor me. I enjoyed this one because Christopher Daniels near enough lands on his feet and you can see how much that hurt. He kind of yeah. like overshot his, 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 his arc and that looked pretty painful. Hmm. It did. It did. Um, I mean, do, do you want to talk about the spot that everyone remembers now? I guess we're kind of there, aren't we? We're running through the match itself. Daniels yeah. and Harris uh, are, are up high and then Skipper arrives, doesn't he? Yeah, so I actually picked up on on the second watching that it's actually Christopher Daniels who's leading, basically leading everyone in in this spot because you can see him uh, basically telling uh, Harris where to be and to kick him in the head to make it look like because uh, Elite Skipper struggles to get up to the uh, the top. Yes, and it's a very if, narrow little thing he's got to, he's got to stand on, isn't it? A very narrow it, ledge. But it, it's not even only the bar. It's the fact that the bar, the uh, the the chainmail is higher up than the bar, so he's essentially walking on the chainmail. It's ridiculous, um, isn't it? So he he's climbing up and he slips a couple of times, and and to any normal wrestler, that would be yeah, this spot's not going to work. Let's do something else. 
But Ailey Skipper is A, super talented, and B, fucking a, a lunatic because he essentially is on one of the, the corners of the cage. Um, uh, Harrison Daniels are on, on the, the next corner along in the, in the hexagon, and he essentially does the old school that The Undertaker would do against uh, walking along the ropes, 15 feet in the air, his, his feet being jabbed by a chain mail. He makes it about halfway across. You can see that he's starting to slip, but he still has that that um, technique to be able to still get his legs uh, around uh, Chris uh, Harris's uh, head and pull off um, the, the Hurricane Rana. Lands so brutally, I'm surprised he wasn't dead. But the spot, even now, some what 20 years on, yeah, looks amazing. Absolutely looks amazing. Um, it's just a brilliant spot. It's no words that I can come up with can describe just how phenomenal this looks. And mm. it even the finish of the match, which is mental, it's absolutely mental. Uh, but what a spot that is. It's just a, amazing. See, I assumed, again, having not seen the match, that that was going to be the finish. But we ended up with a splash from the top as well, from Daniels. Mm-hmm. No, an elbow, sorry. Well, it's it's a splash a, from an elbow. It's a, a macho man style elbow because he lands right. on his hip and you can see mm-hmm. him that selling the hip injury. I think that was a real injury. That looked like mm. it was brutal. Um. And then we get to the finish, don't we? Well, um, actually, in in here after that, I think that's when we get the the, the Tower of Doom spot. Um, right. Okay. So so then um, we get where Christopher Daniels had obviously um, handcuffed. Um, I think it was um, Harris. Was it Harris? Yeah, it was Harris. Um, and he was able to get the key back with that the the the, the part I meant, where I mentioned where the that was essentially the final tag, um, but the the basically the tide is turned when Christopher Daniels is actually handcuffed yes. to to the cage and and that's where uh, America's Most Wanted basically take it to Elite Skipper pull off so many uh, uh, finishing moves and. What I really did like about this this whole section was, um, I think I think it was James Stone was really selling a rib injury, and I, it generally looks like he he may have a proper rib injury because there's a few moves where they struggle to pull it off crisp and clean. I think there's mm-hmm. um there's a part where uh, one of his moves is reversed into. Um, one of Elite Skipper's moves, and he's then thrown into the cage. Um, that looked like they were trying to cover up from a, a potential botch. Um, and it's just a really quick finish. Once they've got um, uh, Christopher Daniels like t- essentially handcuffed, uh, AMW just absolutely destroy Elite Skipper. Mm. And, and they, they basically win the match with... Triple X's own move, don't they? Yeah, That's well, how the, 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 the final decision the, is made, isn't it? They pull up, put up the call, and I think it's called the Powerplex. Um, I think that's what they call it. But um, yeah, it's uh, essentially killing off the tag team with their own finishing move, which mm. I think absolutely makes sense. Yeah, there we go. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's kind of the end of that match, isn't it? And obviously the end of that triple X tag team as well. They were forced to split because of the decision made here. Um, Magzi, final thoughts and out of ten, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think um the first few minutes of this it it starts out as a generic cage match and a, a generic tag match like mixed together. But the last 10, 15 minutes of it are phenomenal. Absolutely yes. phenomenal. This is a, a match that is highly rewatchable. There's so many things that you can uh, see on a second and third viewing that you may have missed on on like the, the first viewing. Um, it's brilliant. It is very much deserves to be one of the, the top cage matches in, 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 in that list. I'm happy giving this at 8.5. No way, really. Way. Check that out then. On the bottom of my notes there, I don't know if you can make that out. 8.5. There we go. We've been bang on the money recently. Bang on the money. I agree. Um, From halfway onwards, when we get rid of the tagging in and out aspect, this is just absolute killer. It's so good. And I recommend anyone... Obviously, a great deal of the CWF, whether they join us live or they listen on the podcast version, go and watch the matches before we cover them and mm-hmm. so on, which is brilliant as well. I like being able to just you know have people comment and so on. Let us know what they think. If you have not done that for this particular contest, I strongly recommend you go and check it out. It's a very, very good match. And as Maxi said, it's very rewatchable. And I was critical of the opening moments where it was a bit clunky, a bit punchy, kicky. Um, the tagging in and out didn't make sense. And the camera work was a little bit off with missing certain moments. But I'm only pointing that out because it's kind of what we do here. And it's what Magsy and I uh, resigned ourselves to doing as part of a breaking down matches of, for chain wrestling. It's not a big deal enough to put anyone off. It's just that yeah. I feel I have to point it out. It's not a big issue. It's such a good contest. Well it's worth a, checking out. It's a great match. There's, it's mm. it's balls to the wall, especially those last uh, that last 10, 15 minutes. It's balls to the wall action. Um, it's it's a brilliant blow off to this feud. Really is. Yes, it is indeed. But that is the end of that, Maxi. If your selection wins the poll, what will we be watching next week? Where would you like to link to? Okay, so you mentioned something um, at the beginning of that review um, that just doesn't sit right with me. Um, this pay-per-view had the last uh, wrestling match of, of Randy Savage's career, and he was in the ring for about 60 seconds, yeah. barely did any wrestling moves, and it was just not aware that a, a, a character as big as Randy Savage should go out. So I think we need to shine a little bit of light onto Randy Savage uh, just for how important he was to the wrestling world. And I think his biggest moment is probably WrestleMania 4, where he became uh, WF champion. Okay. Well, he didn't just uh, wrestle one time on that event. No. He wrestled quite a few times. Um, so I think we should cover... Randy Savage's run through the WrestleMania 4 tournament that led to him winning the world title. So in the uh, in the first round, he faces Butch Reed. Um, in the uh, quarterfinal, 
He faces Greg Valentine. In the semi, he beats one man gang. And then obviously in the final, he has um, Ted DiBiase. So I would like to cover Randy Savage at WrestleMania 4. Now, this is kind of weird and funny and so on, okay? Because that's not my selection to put up against it, first That is weird. But it was going to be. And I was going to do exactly the same and say, we're not just going to cover the final where he faces DVR. Because obviously WrestleMania 4 is a one-night tournament for the vacant title, so everyone's in it. And, and yeah, I think there's like 16 matches on the whole yes. card. That's like that's like a WrestleMania now, but decades yes. ago. Now, I was going to... So, yeah, I, I, was, gonna th- I was thinking the same thing. We'd love to cover some Randy Savage. Four matches in one night. It's bending the rules, but it's worth it different competitors each one is a different type of match and interestingly enough savage and miss elizabeth have a costume change for every single one as well which just shows how great savage was and stuff like that but i chose not to pick this and the exact reason why is i was edging my bets in that i thought magsy's probably going to pick this and you so I thought, if i pick, if i pick something else i'm gonna be happy either way so i'm so glad you've done that I fell into I, your I, trap. I don't know what made me think it, but I thought this. I thought this is such a mags thing to do, and the savage thing is something that we. I, I know that I would go for, so I'd like to think he would go for as well. So I'm very happy that you've picked that, but I do have to put something up against it, which I don't mind losing at all this week. But at the same time, I'd also be quite happy to watch it. I am going to take somebody from the undercard of this pay per view as well as the link. Um, I'm going to use Scott Hall as the guy. Uh, but in his former guise as Razor Ramon. And I would like to go to another tag match that I don't think I've seen before. And I would like to go to a tag match that is listed as being one of Scott Hall's greatest matches of all time uh, in these online chart things that people put together. And also one of the best WWF tag team matches of the 90s. And again, I've not seen it, so I can't judge as yet, but maybe we'll get the opportunity next week. This comes from a TV show called Action Zone. And it first aired on the 30th of October, 1994. It's for the WWF Tag Team Titles. And despite being one of these throwaway weekend highlight syndicated hour shows or whatever, it gets a good 20 minutes. And we have the defending tag team champions, the heel team of Kevin Nash or Diesel and Shawn Michaels taking on the babyface challengers of Razor Ramon and the 123 Kid or Scott Norman as been known. I've watched this okay within the last six months it's a bloody wow game. okay yeah yeah it's a bloody good match. okay well there we go now Maxi if you've watched it in the last six months or so you'll be probably more clued up than I as to whether it's on YouTube or not but I do know there is a version of it on Daily Motion which we could watch and, and share the link to if needed because I don't think it's on the network is it I think I have watched it I think it was on Daily Motion but I'm I'll, yes okay I'm sure I'll be able to find it but there we go those are your two options for next week's poll and I am over the moon because either way 
we have got some high quality yeah. proper wrestling here haven't we you know there's, one of my there's no losers favorite. in that in them no. picks no losers whatsoever definitely not but also please bear in mind Maxi's selection has four matches in it my selection is a good 20-ish minutes so no fucking 50-50s Dan Griffin thank you very much so but the options are wrestling <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, Maxi's choice. Randy Savage, WrestleMania 4. Four matches. Butch Reed, Greg Valentine, One Man Gang, Ted DiBiase, One Night Tournament in Trump Plaza. The golden era of professional wrestling, as they referred to it back then. 1980, uh, what would this have been? 89, wouldn't it? No, 88, WrestleMania 4. 88, I think, yep. Yep, so the golden era, as it's referred to. Uh, all of four matches looked at there. Or we can have to Action Zone from October of 1994 and see Diesel and Shawn Michaels defend the tag team titles against Razor Ramon and the 123 Kid. Uh, please make sure you are voting in the poll, retweeting, and all that good stuff. And also, something that is incredibly important, make sure people are subscribing and leaving reviews mm-hmm. on the YouTube channel, on the uh, Spotify, on the Apple, whatever you use to listen to the shows and, and so on. Please share them away. Tag your friends in them. Try and get as many ears turned towards the audio versions and eyes turned towards the live channel as we possibly can. And make sure you're leaving your reviews and so on because I think we're fucking great and I'd like more people to realise how awesome we actually are. Those are your choices, though. Maxi, do we want to dive through the chat now or do we want to get on to the big orange fibber? Well, we'll nip through the chat. Um, there's, there's, As is typical with, uh, with our show... Uh, everybody uh, cuddles up and gets their hot drinks ready and just listens to us uh, absolutely wax lyrical about uh, about wrestling. So there's not that many comments to to chip through. Uh, but um, Dan Griffin says Shane Douglas as a backstage interview was just weird. Yep. Um, I mean, mm. he's a weird guy in, in general. In a, uh, lockdown pay-per-views <laughs> were a dusty idea, he thinks. He doesn't think the six-sided ring was made bigger. Maybe it was just filmed better. Okay. Uh, he then says he can't get over just how much blood uh, uh, soaked the canvas was in this match. Yeah, I think everybody bleeds. I think mm-hmm. even does it even Skipper bleed? Yeah, they all bleed. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Um, Dan says Randy Savage was so good he got a serviceable 20 minute match out of Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, one of only two people with Rick Rude to ever be able to do that. Um, mm. Dan then says, normally he gives Max shit for bending the rules, but four Randy Savage matches is acceptable. You heard, sir, uh, CWF 50-50 this week. Uh, Tyler (laughs) Peter says, hello, I'm glad to see your return this week. Hello, Tyler, how are you? Hello, Uh, Tyler, and it's nice, Tyler, as well. Sorry, Max, it's nice, Tyler, that you're commenting, and we can see who you are, because when you comment on Facebook, you come up as Facebook user, and we don't know. So exactly. brilliant to have you along, Tyler, and fantastic work on Tyler's takedowns, fantastic Absolutely. work on WrestleManiacs, and fantastic work with Benny on In the Corner as well. Tyler is an absolute podcasting legend. Make sure you check out all of his content. Sorry, Maxie, yeah. carry on. Uh, and the last one is Dan's going to work his magic by your good lady. No 50-50s, you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got left, Max? What have we got left? Very long. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Liar, liar, pants on fire, hanging from a telephone wire, squirming, squirming, pants are burning when I lie, my hips start turning. Wow, that's unbelievable. Look, man, I made a mistake. So, the great orange one himself, uh, Hulk Hogan, claims that one night he saw Shawn Michaels and Sonny together at a bar. Shawn went to the toilet and uh, Hulk Hogan took that opportunity to steal 
HBK's and also Chris Candido's uh, woman take her back to the old, his hotel, do the no pants dance, and leave HBK empty-handed. Bollocks. Hogan, you bullshitted. No way you, you scored Sonny. No chance. In, uh, not, not being funny. If that did happen, can you really see Sonny not coming out and admitting that? Mm-hmm. Can you really see her well, not telling that story you, at some stage? You have the choice. You've got Shawn Michaels there, and you've got Billy Bullshitter, Hulk Hogan there. No, a hundred times out of a hundred, Hulk Hogan is 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 polishing his own trumpet, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you don't you don't have those choices and not pick Shawn Michaels. Also, if you think about it, timeline wise, now don't get me wrong, it's more than capable that people are bumping into each other in bars away from the wrestling world. Of course it is. But these guys, especially in the WWF, these guys were working all the time, six, seven nights a week, traveling around with their with their crew. They were on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Hogan for WCW in the mid-90s was working once a week, if that. You know, he only it was only select dates, he wouldn't have been on the road so much. So you put it into timeline aspects. When Sean and Sonny were in the WWF and that was going on, Hogan had already left and was working for WCW. He talks shit. So I can't, I can't see how their paths would have crossed unless it was oh. by chance they were in the same pub together. But we'd have heard about that. They didn't cross. It, it, Hogan just talks shit. This is a guy who invented extra time in, in, in a year and in a day. He talks wank, Hogan. You're just a prick. He talks that much bullshit. Here's the closing segment on our show every exactly. single week. Exactly. Uh, Magsy, John, let everyone know whereabouts they can find your good self. Well, I have a Twitter account. I don't use it, but it is at Podfather Mags. Um, I also have a TikTok account, which I use a little bit more. I've, I've kind of neglected it over the last few weeks, but I will get back to it where you can see my chickens. And that's at Podfather Mags on the old TikToker. Fantastic stuff. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us once again. Anything I'm involved in, you can find via the network. That carries this show, and that's at SJP World Media. I won't say anything I'm involved in. There is the case of a little bit of radio music playing stuff that's going to be elsewhere on a station, but more about that very, very soon. It's it's going to be with you very, very, very soon, hopefully. But keep your eyes peeled on all my social medias for that. Anyway, at SJP World Media, as I said, uh, and also you can find and follow this show itself at Chain Underscore Wrestling on Twitter and Facebook. Um, Twitter is the, the the important one because on there is all your non wrestling topics, your polls, and all that great stuff. Maxi, I'm off now to watch a bit of the back catalogue of Friends and just see how racist they actually were. I'll speak to you next week, my friend. Barry Windham was a jabber.